once again to the summation of dragons a game of thrones and house of the dragon podcast a weekly discussion on the television series house of the dragon on hbo max um created by or originally created by g george r r martin uh we are here part of the dark discussions news network and we'll get into that in a moment, but I'm one of your co-hosts, Philip, from the state of New Hampshire in the U.S. of A., and with me in the state of New York. Hi, this is Mike. Mike, how are you? I'm fine, Phil. How are you today? Doing all right. And in the Commonwealth of Virginia? Hey, this is Barrett. Barrett, how's it going? Doing better. Uh, what, what do you mean? What, what happened? Uh, I got a COVID shot on Sunday and did not do well with it. Oh, yeah, I had that happen with me, the shingles shot, and that, that was terrible. Um, and in the uh, a province of, of Alberta, Canada? It's Sean, everyone. Hope you're all doing well. And hope hey. you're surviving after Halloween season is over. Boo. Yep, I already uh, switched out my Halloween T-shirts, and today I have a, a Spider-Gwen T-shirt on. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. So, do we still have the Halloween decorations up, or are they already down? Uh, let me look. Uh, we still have them up here. Yeah, yep, we still have them up. Yep, everywhere. Because people are way quicker to tear those down than they are the uh, Christmas decorations. Very yeah. much. Apparently, so. people yeah. take offense to having headless corpses in your yard and not. Uh, <laughs> after you know, I, have a, I have a friend who keeps it up season. all year long. So. Respect to your friend. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> But uh, yeah, we still have them here. Up, uh, wife will probably take it down sometime this week. That weekend, she's the one that does all that. I don't participate at all. She doesn't ask me to. They only so. have the Christmas stuff up here in the stores. Like it wasn't even like Halloween hadn't even happened, and then we were already bringing in the Christmas stuff. Oh, they had Christmas stuff up before Halloween, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Oh God, yeah. Usually, usually our like local Walmart has like Christmas shit out in August. Yeah, <laughs> yep. I, I was at the grocery. No lie. I was at the grocery store and they had the fifty uh, percent off candy and it, and it was like this giant humongous bag of Smarty Sweet Tarts and Ooh. I almost got it but but I would just eat it and get fat so I don't want to do that. It was depressing though because I wanted to get it terribly. But, Are your Smarties the chocolate sugar. ones? Uh, no, we don't have those. You remember? I think we had this conversation with. Yeah, you we had the some. conversation because you got the ultimate yeah. version or whatever. The uh, Smarties no, in Canada no, are chocolate covered. No, no, no. You get the alternate version. We get the real. No, version. no, no, no. <laughs> no this, is a, this is why you'll you're, never have. Your Canada. It's always alternate for you guys. <laughs> it, this is what's yeah. going to happen when we get to the multiversal war. It's going to start over people arguing who gets to be Earth One. <laughs> Canada is definitely one. like Earth Fifty. Canada is like Earth Fifty. Hey. Yeah, let, let's, <laughs> well, let's just hey. put it, let's just put it this way. Uh, Smarties <laughs> is a New Jersey company, uh, so it is an American. So we get the real ones. So that's that. Anyway, <laughs> anyway, that's probably one of the reasons why my, my family left Canada because you guys get the weird Smarties. The I'm weird sure they taste, Smarties are the I'm, good I'm ones. Sure they, I'm sure they taste pretty good, though. Yeah, they do sound good. Anyway. Um, Let's see. Let's see. All right. So uh, enough of that. Uh, what we're here for. <laughs> Basically, we are here um, as part of the Dark Discussions News Network, which is www.darkdiscussions.com. It's a network of multiple podcasts, including this one. This is the last episode of this podcast before we go on hiatus uh, because the television series 
uh, House of the Dragon season one has uh, just ended. And this is our wrap up episode. Uh, we will return uh, in a year to two to 18 months or whenever season two comes out and we will uh, revert back to podcasting weekly on the television series. Uh, but before that comes, we will be on hiatus. However, we do do multiple other podcasts on the network. So for example, this podcast can be found on a couple of feeds. It can be found on a house of the dragon feed, which is three of them. Uh, let me redo that. That's the name of the show that the feed is, a Decimation of Dragons. Uh, that's the feed you can find wherever podcasts are found. And then you can also find it on You Know Nothing, Jon Snow, a Game of Thrones podcast, which was our podcast on Game of Thrones. And since folks are still um, link- listening there and also have um, subscriptions to that podcast on their various podcasting networks, um, why not put the House of the Dragon podcast episodes on that? are that feed as well and then of course you can find it on the dark discussion podcast feed which is all the podcasts that are done by your co-hosts here on this podcast so if you still want to hear us talk about things uh we put out uh at least one podcast a week uh the main podcast is called dark discussions podcast which is a podcast that talks about genre films uh so we review and critique genre films mostly new films uh, so, uh, everything from Halloween ends to more obscure films like, uh, the sadness from Taiwan. So, uh, we, we, we do pretty much horror, sci-fi, fantasy, thrillers, and things of that nature on that podcast. Uh, but we do have other podcasts as well that will appear on that feed. Uh, so you can go to darkdiscussions.com also to listen to all the podcasts. And there's an email, which is, uh, darkdiscussions at aol.com and there's also on www.darkdiscussions.com an email as well and that email can be opened through the contact us link on any menu at the top of every page of that website and it opens up an email box so however you email us uh, just put something in the subject to let us know what you are writing about. Sean, what else can people find on www.darkdiscussions.com Our fine listeners and supporters can also click on the Patreon uh, link and go to Patreon, where if you have the financial wherewithal, you are more than welcome to donate to support the podcast. Any amount you donate is much appreciated, as the the actual podcast is released free to everyone. But there are actually behind, you know, the bunch of behind the scenes expenses, costs, etc. So any funds that you can support us with would be greatly appreciated. For every five dollars a month that you donate, you get to pick a movie, and every quarter that movie goes into a draw, and someone will get their movie chosen, which will then go to be reviewed either on the Dark Discussions main feed or one of the sister podcasts, depending on what genre it falls under. And again, thank you for any support you're able to provide. Indeed, indeed. Uh, so we appreciate it. Uh, so what are we going to do tonight since uh, there was no new episode last week and yet we're still recording? What, what we're recording is the wrap up of season one. So we're going to talk about all sorts of things like our opinions on various topics, uh, events, characters uh, that we saw uh, on the season, as well as maybe discuss uh, things that may have been different than the book up to the point where season one uh, ended. 
So obviously no spoilers from the book. And then also uh, maybe what some of our thoughts for next season, season two, and where it will go from there. Um, so I guess that's pretty much the house cleaning and stuff. One other thing is today is November 1st. 2022 so the first day of november happy halloween to everybody and we can get into our discussion tonight so uh where do we want to start what do, what do we want to talk about where do we want to go Who well i would like to just say that the dragons were awesome the effort put into the dragons making them all individuals personality design all that stuff was fantastic um yeah the special effects uh, were really good. I, I haven't really bothered looking to see if the special effects, uh, obviously just because it's uh, 2022s versus a 2013 or whenever Game of Thrones came out, obviously things may have gotten either more expensive uh, just for inflation and things of that nature, or uh, things could have got cheaper because it's easier now to create um, I guess computer graphics. I don't know, but uh, does anybody know um, the difference between the pricing uh, and the amount of money they spent on this series versus the original Game of Thrones series. Anyone have any ideas? I, I know it's significantly more per episode. You know, um, like, it makes sense compared to the first season. It, it makes sense because Game of Thrones, you would think season one of Game of Thrones would be not that expensive because if the show sucked, they would just cancel it and why spend all the money. And then as the seasons progressed, it went up and up. And since this is a spinoff, and when they already have, what, eight or nine seasons of Game of Thrones already out, it has a built-in audience. So it makes sense that this season one for this show would, would be more than, say, Game of Thrones. Well, so I have like, $20 million per episode. Just under $20 million per episode. And I have to say, I was concerned that we wouldn't get good-looking dragons just because I wasn't sure they would invest what they needed to in this. And I was pleasantly surprised with how well they did with the dragons. Uh, the no, Mike, damn sexy, very good looking. No, yeah. Mike, you, Mike, you were you were uh, uh, continuing before I um, interjected there. Um, would you like to continue what you were saying? Oh, just that, that I know that the, they're spending more. You said twenty million. I, I don't even think that's close to what they spent the first season of Game of Thrones. Um, first season was sure. like two million dollars. Yeah, episode. that's what I was thinking. I wasn't even sure if it was three. Remember, first season of Game of Thrones, you had dragons in the final scene. Yep, and they were babies. and they were little baby dragons. They had to not show the big battle that the entire season was kind of leading up to. Uh, and have Tyrion hit on the head so he would pass out and they could skip over the whole thing. Um, it, it's its biggest expense, I'm sure, was, was back then on the cast. And, you know, it's mostly filming in a lot of out-of-the-way locations. They weren't, I don't know how expensive it was to film where they filmed. But here you have, um, again, admittedly not a big-name cast, uh, but it's a smaller cast, but a lot more money going certainly into the effects. And didn't seem to be that shy about, uh, like there weren't any obvious avoidances of battles the same way there were in one. Now, there wasn't a big war here, but they also didn't have a problem with the dragon stomping on a few hundred people at a time. Yes. Yeah, that's true. Um, I, I never felt the show was restricted by budget the same way 
it kind of was with Game of Thrones. And I think by the end, Game of Thrones, like the last seasons, I think that each episode was only 10 million per episode. So when you think that the first season of this one was 20 million each episode, like it had much more to work with. Yeah, and I think a big difference there is number one, they know they are not using this as a show just as a show, the way kind of Game of Thrones was. They're using this to drive subscription numbers to HBO Max. Um, and that is a pretty ferocious competition right now. Uh, and they also know that it's it had a fan base, or they think, thought it did. I mean, let's be honest, there was a danger that people that they alienated, fairly or unfairly, uh, at the last season of Game of Thrones, wouldn't come back. But it sure sounds like an awful lot of them did. Yep. Yeah, yep. That's true, that's true. Um, it um, it makes sense. I, I don't think... Uh, I mean, who knows how many people are truly alienated from Game of Thrones. I mean, people say they are, um, but, you know, the amount of enjoyment they got out of the negativity they got, um, I, I can't believe that, that, and I'm just throwing out a number here, 5% of negativity would outweigh them from giving up completely on anything related to uh, this George R. R. Martin Westeros universe. Yeah, um, like me, I didn't like the I didn't like the last couple seasons of Game of Thrones, but I still was willing to give this a chance. I mean, well, I don't know what the numbers are, but I do know there were people who were not happy with Game of Thrones, and they went into this very, very skeptically. Yep, and. At least the you know the ones that mentioned it. I'm sure, I guess there could be ones who hated it and then just did a thing that is unknown in today's age, which is they stopped watching it and stopped talking about it because they didn't like it. As weird as a concept as that sounds to some people, uh, but the ones who were talking about it were liking it and and they were very happy to have it back. Yep, that's true. That's true. I mean, obviously it has different characters, so that's gonna change uh some folks um opinions um but again yeah it makes sense that well and it's it's far enough of a prequel that it's not a foregone conclusion what's going to happen you know it's like watching the star wars prequels you pretty much knew where things had to end up you know um these it's far enough historically before what the events we just saw were so they could do a lot more, although they were still limited by what George R. R. Martin wrote. Yes, to a, deg- to a degree. To a degree, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Makes sense. And tying on to that, like what you were saying, Barrett, the one thing I w- would like to give them credit for is that when you look at a lot of stuff in Fire and Blood, it, it, there isn't huge amounts of time spent in conversation. So there's a lot of stuff that the showrunners had to come up with. Yeah, all the dialogue just about. <laughs> for, for, for what happens. And so I thought when you look at what they, what they took the material from and what they added to it, I think they did a, like one of the best jobs that I can think of of doing a translation like that. Of any translation, let's be honest. Yeah. <laughs> 
Because in most cases, the stuff they added actually did make stuff make it better. You can have questions about maybe timing or, or different certain aspects, but pretty much what they chose to to go with made the original stuff better. Right. At least that's what I feel. No, I agree. If you compare to something like the the Rings of Power. <laughs> and I hate to bring that up, but it's a perfect <laughs> example because they were running at almost the exact same time. Um, <sighs> one was pretty true to its source material and the other not. And I will go back to the other was, favorite. Oh, go ahead. Was I think I understand kind of weaving through the source material for rights issues, wasn't it? Meaning it was trying yes, not they to couldn't get touch all of it. it. That's part of the problem, but the other problem is they decided to make changes. I mean, that's just the way it is. It's, you can't blame it all on no. them not having rights to everything. for the, the other thing I was going to go to was the go-to of the 1994 stand miniseries versus the 2021, 2021 stand, where one was respectful of the source material, and the other... Eh, we're gonna go a different direction. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Similar similar idea for sure. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's fair, that's fair. Um let's see what else. Um what's yeah, let's let's compare it to season one of Game of Thrones. Uh obviously this will be a little bit of a spoiler for folks who haven't seen Game of Thrones, but we'll figure that you have. Um, how did you compare this with the season one of Game of Thrones? I, I think, I think it's, it holds up, uh, because Game of Thrones season one was yes. absolutely phenomenal. Yep. Um, yeah. and it had a great lead actor and all that other stuff. Uh, actually a lot of great lead actors, to be honest, but I was talking about Sean Bean, obviously. And then here, um, it was, it was, it was pretty solid, right? I mean. I might give the edge to this one, but um, I don't know that that's completely fair, but they're both really fairly true to their source material and were really well done. And for the people who were the unknown members, like the casts who went, the cast members who went in sort of unknown to the, you know, the mainstream masses or whatever, they really got a chance to show what they could do. I think if I had to recommend one blindly to someone, like I didn't know who the person was, I'd have to kind of give it to House of the Dragon. Yeah. Because, and simply because House of the Dragon is more compact and coherent in a way, mm-hmm. um, Game of Thrones is epic in scale and in scope. It has an enormous cast. And as I've said before, the I watched it once, and I was home for the weekend when Pam was at a casino, and I was sick, so I was couldn't do anything. So I just sat on my couch and rewatched the entire first season, and I binged it. This was in the days before I think even binge watching had become a a catchphrase or was just becoming one. And I was like, oh, this works so much better the second time because I now I have a clue as to what's going on. Yeah, a whole lot saying. of that. For, that first season of Game of Thrones, there's an awful lot of little things and backstory and characters yeah. mentioned. Yeah, and like you Theon, feel like... I had no idea who the hell Theon was. So I was like, yeah, like, right. like I had read the book, so I knew what I knew basically how the story was generally going to go. 
So that helped. But even I, I saw most of the House of the Dragon before I read the book. And I, it's still, like you said, it felt more coherent, like I could watch it. And it was just compact enough so that I wasn't like trying to figure out who was who and what was what and all that. Well, I will say Game of Thrones did have one thing um, that I liked a lot more than this show here was at least season one was we had characters that were heroes that were characters that I, I really liked as people. Um, yeah. And you know Sean Beans, Ned Ned uh, Ned was great. Jon Snow was great. Yeah, the Whites were a cool monster. Yeah. Um, the I mean Cersei's and and Jamie were were really interesting characters. And um, and and it was just just oh and then Tyrion. So so we had a lot of characters that that I really liked. A lot, and and I I I liked uh, both Arya and Sansa too that season and and stuff, and and so I still I think I would re- recommend Game of Thrones over this first. However, story wise and its its complexity, Game of Thrones is a little harder to follow that season one. Although, like you said, rewatching it um, a second time, it, you follow it with no problem. And you're right, there are a lot more good characters in Game of Thrones in the first season. Absolutely. I would say there are not any in this show except for maybe one or two in House of the Dragons. And yeah, there, I mean, you named already like four or five that I'm like, yeah, they were, I didn't like feel like they were bad people at all. <laughs> yeah, I think sure. my, my whole point is just that. It's that I think House of the Dragons is more accessible uh, for someone coming in cold. A lot of people are not going to want something that you have to watch two or three times to pick up everything. And I think there's enough there in Game of Thrones to keep you interested. Obviously, it did well. Uh, but it, it, it doesn't have like the big payoff. A lot of shocks, and certainly the end of the first season with executing that Stark, if you didn't know how that story went, was a shocking twist. Um, there was Sean Bean. So why anybody was surprised that he died? I have no idea. (laughs) (laughs) But I'm surprised he lasted that long. (laughs) I do think actually the characters felt clearer. I think perhaps in Game of Thrones, the good guys seemed more good guy, and the bad guys, by which I mean Joffrey, Cersei, uh, even Jaime, at that point in the series. Uh, and then Tywin felt a little bit more mustache twirly. Uh, Tywin, Tywin wasn't even in in season one, actually. No, he was. He was there at the very. Oh, end. he was there for like, like yeah, for like one An episode one or two. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and then kind of comes in big the following season. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but I think it's just the fact that this series is smaller in scope. It's confined to a handful of characters for most of it. You're looking at the the king and his brother and the two girls, and then that's mostly it. And then the rest are very peripheral, and it slowly expands from there. And so, like when you have the kids, you can bring them in a little bit at a time, and you get to know them a little bit. They're not like 
Game of Thrones where it's like, here's a family of seven children, and there's another family, and here's this family over here, and here's this whole kingdom. Oh, there's a zombie over there. Don't pay attention. We're not going to talk much about them for a couple of seasons. You know, it's just, oh, and by the way, there's this whole other continent with horse people and a girl being sold into uh, uh, domesticity. And yeah, so this is going to be fun. That's like, ah, it's a lot going on. And by no means is that a criticism. Like I said, if I didn't know the person, you know, if I'm going into this cold, you know, that that's what I'm talking about. Like if I have no idea, some people are going to like be, ooh, wow, dragons right away. Um, and that's going to be easier to get into. Um, I think one of the, the, the best thing about Game of Thrones was the dialogue. And I miss some of the dialogue here. A lot of people complained about that by the time you get to season like six, seven, eight of Game of Thrones. Tyrion kind of loses his way and doesn't have much to say. He says, I drink and I know things. And that's like the last memorable, memorable line that he has in the series. Um you don't have those dialogues between Littlefinger and, and Varys. And part of it is just how the characters get moved around. But you do, like I said, Game of Thrones, uh, you said before, Game of Thrones was much more, or, or the, the Song of Ice and Fire stories have a lot more dialogue, a lot more conversations. Here you don't. I mean, you have conversations, but does any, does any of the dialogue really stick out to you in the same way that it did it in Game of Thrones? It does not, no. Right, Game of Thrones was meme-worthy in part because you could have those things. And Game of Thrones feels like, to me, it may have taken more chances. Let's remember how that first episode ended. first episode ended with a 12-year-old boy being shoved out a window. Yeah, that was a, that was a, a great cliffhanger. Um, not that they haven't taken some chances here. And this, the season ends with a, a boy being eaten by a dragon. That's well, okay, um, but that's the end well, of the season. That's that's the big that's the big change. Yeah, and, yeah, and we weren't as invested. You know what's fantastic. interesting about Game of Thrones, Mike, is that the uh, what was the kid that got thrown out? Uh, Brandon? Bran. Bran, that's it. He was developed really well, even in episode one, and then House of the Dragon, even though. Uh, Luke was eaten by a dragon. His character still seemed like a cipher, I felt, uh, because he really doesn't play much of a role throughout the the, the series. Um, so his death, shocking, because we know it starts a war. Um, I didn't have much feeling for his death like I did, did for a brand being thrown out a window. No, his his job was to be Archduke Ferdinand, right? That was it. Yeah, um, pretty much. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, just get him killed and start a war. Um, Bran, I mean, basically what they established with him in the Game of Thrones was that he's this adventurous little boy who kept pushing boundaries. And Luke, they established that, well, he's this insecure kid who's not really comfortable on with the, with the, the what do you call the responsibilities he's going to be given. Right. So, um, I, I think they did a decent job, but yeah, it's like the, the four kids you don't get in game and in, in house of the dragon. You don't get a lot of development of them, the, especially the older ones. You basically get that, uh, Aegon, uh, Aegon, no, Aemon, 
It's probably the the only one that no, really not developed. No. Aegon. That Aegon is an asshole. Yeah, yeah. Yep. <laughs> who, who doesn't? And giving him, I will give him credit. They, they make him an asshole, unlike Joffrey, who doesn't want the throne. I thought was an interesting twist. Um, I think Aemon has some shading to him. Uh, but then the other one, Jake, is it? Yep. Jake, to me, is the one that's the cipher. I, re- I mean, like he's basically older brother, generic older brother. Yeah. Um. But yeah, I mean, it's. I guess if I was saying, Game of Thrones does play more like. Oh, sorry, House of Dragon plays more like a TV series or a film, in that it feels like this is the format that it was intended to be, as opposed to um, Game of Thrones, which really does feel like an adaptation of a novel or a series of novels, and they play out in that same way. And that's not a bad thing in any way, shape, or form. It's not a, I love them both. And I obviously have a lot more affection for Game of Thrones because I went through eight seasons of that and podcasted for, what, five of those seasons? Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Um, and so every episode I had watched three, four, five times, watched it with the commentary tracks, except for the ones that didn't have commentary tracks because they didn't want anyone talking about the rape scene that happened over Joffrey's body. Uh-huh. Uh, you know, and I'm, I'm, I'll probably do the same here. I'll pre-order the box set. I will watch it. I will watch the episodes with commentary if they're there, which I'm really hoping they are. Uh, but it's, it's a different thing. This is this is the this is the new, the new exciting thing. And there's that new exciting love for this that you know that obviously has has waned for Game of Thrones because it's not the new exciting thing anymore. Now it's a classic. Right, uh, or at sure. least, or at least four or five seasons of classic, depending on, on your perspective. Yeah, that's true. Um, now, uh, and you Barrett. can say, in, oh, oh, Sean, go sorry. ahead. No, I was going to say also with the pacing, right? Like with Game of Thrones, you were going over a period of time, so you had more time to establish stuff. Whereas with House of the Dragon, you're trying to cover like thirty years in the first season so you're you don't have the same time to be able to develop all the side like the side characters like the kids and stuff that you did where game of thrones is is taking over like it's over a shorter period of time that you're working with right yeah yeah that's true yeah and like they did a good job i think with both of them right both approaches worked it's just a different way of telling the story or whatever. Yep, that's true, too. Yep. And I've seen people complain uh, about the time jumping. I think that's important because it puts everything in context in present time as it happens. And flashbacks can be well done. You know, you look at Lost, that whole thing was built around the, the structure of the flashbacks. Uh, whatever you think about the rest of the narrative in terms of illustrating character growth and development, that was important. But you're watching a, a historical event here. It helps to have the history. But this isn't like tuning in to watch um, a movie about the Civil War, like um, Glory, right? You know, um, yeah, sure. Or you're not watching Twelve Years a Slave, or you're not watching a World War II movie like uh, Saving Private Ryan, where we all know, Gunwood, we all know the backstory to that. 
We all can watch that in context. Here, we didn't, we wouldn't have the context. We can't start with the war between the Greens and the Black, the Dance of the Dragons, because we would have had absolutely no context for any of it. In fact, that's how now that is how Game of Thrones started, right? We we'd had no understanding of like Robert's rebellion and all this other stuff, even though they tried desperately to explain it to us. Right, right. We couldn't. We didn't quite get it because because it we didn't. So What's that? It was so much coming at us all at once. Right, and, and we only have this Targaryen, two Targaryens on the other side of some place where we don't know on it, they are, where they are on a map and stuff. It's a little confusing, but continuing. Yeah, so um, I, I think it really worked to give us all of that. I still think we got, I know where, I know every character, I feel. No, I may not know them in the depth that I knew Tyrion or that I knew uh, Cersei, right, or or Jamie, or Sansa, yeah. or Jon Snow, or, or Robert. Have, but I but I knew, but I know them enough. I have to get a sense of who they are. Yeah, I, I understand the conflicts they're facing, their motivations. And that's all you need. I don't think this would be the same show if we didn't know, if we didn't get at least a scene of Eamon getting his eye cut, which happens years before. I mean, right. the time jumps seem kind of necessary to me, and uh, to get to know these characters in particular in the time period that's going to come up, because now the times are not going to jump like this. They're going to narrow down, and we're going to get this two years of a war in the next few seasons. So, yeah, and and I disagree. I don't think flashbacks are hard. I think they're hardly ever done well. Uh, once in a while, maybe, but in general, I hate flashbacks. Right. Well, last, last was pretty yeah. good. Last was pretty good. Yeah, I, I agree. Last was well. pretty good. They can be done well, just very rarely. Right. Now, yeah, like, you, for you, example, you, especially when you when you're basing your television series on flashbacks, that's that's you know, Lost was an exception that worked right. really well. Yeah. yeah. Where would you start this? Right. Would you start this with episode eight? If you didn't do this, these time jumps. That's all you could do, right? You'd have to start like. And and then you have beginning. have them at the dinner, and then like have Eamon sitting at at the dinner table, looking across at Luke, and have him finger his eye patch, and just you you show the flashback <laughs> to him getting his eye cut out. Well, that, that would sucks. not be nearly. Yeah, it would not be nearly as effective as having seen it and and seen why and how it happened. Yeah, yeah, but, and and the anger why why they hate each other or, or at least yeah, it makes sense. Yeah, there's. There is something we said, and there, there's been shows um, and movies where they've built the flashback structure where I think it hurts the sh- hurts it. And I, I'll use the, uh, the the Marvels film, The Eternals. I think that hurt, and there's a few others um, because it takes the immediacy out of it. And the example I've, I've I've cited time and again on Dark Discussions podcast was the movie Finding Nemo, where they wanted to do a flashback sequence. At the end of the movie, showing that the reason why the dad was upset over finding Nemo and of losing him was the whole scene at the beginning. What ends up now at the beginning of the film, where he loses his the the other the, the wife and all the other the other eggs are destroyed and killed by the barracuda. Well, that explains the motivation for the character through the entire thing. Yep. And by by putting that at the end as a flashback. It gave you a little surprise, but it made gave, make the character very unlikable and hard to identify with. Felt like so, it yeah. would feel like a cheat, right? 
Yeah. So moving in the front, so we have an anchor for who that character is. We can be empathetic to him. If you go through 90 minutes of hating a character, giving a scene at the end that's supposed to make him more empathetic, sympathetic, isn't going to do much because we already hate him. Right. You already don't like him, and you're not going to change my mind anymore. You know, now that's a lesser scale here, but you're not going to give us little flashbacks to tell us everything that's happened with uh, with Allison and with Rhaenyra and with Aemon and all the rest to fill in the blanks after we've already gotten our first impression of the character. And certainly something was like the, the putting the eye out. We had an emotion not knowing as I did at that point. I didn't know uh, that Aemon was going to get his eye cut out. Nope. <laughs> so that was a shock to me. Right? And yep. if I had seen him first at a dinner table you know, with, with an eye patch, I was like, I, 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 then there would be no shock. This would have been, oh, and this is how he got his eye patch. There, there would have, it, it, it would have been more like putting a piece in and that sort of, oh, okay, as opposed to the real wrenching emotional kick. Well, yeah, like a typical way that modern day shows ruin things is by they start an episode of, like, say, a crime drama right it's going to happen later on, but they started at that point and then they show everything that came before it. 48 hours earlier. Can't stand that. that oh, that's horrible writing. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so movies I'm, do that a lot. Too. I'm glad they did no flashbacks in this because it, it, it really worked well the way they did it. And I would have hated flashbacks. Oh, I think one of the, I mean, one of the, the more out of place ones was, um, to me was, it was speaking of game of Thrones. Uh, the Maggie the Frog scene, right, where we see Cersei as a girl running into the witch in the woods who tells her her fortune and that she will have, like, she'll have her three children. Gold will be their crowns. Gold will be their shrouds. You know, and she'll mention that she'll be the something about the queen. And, and there were some, I'm trying to remember the specifics. So she was giving her this mixed message of you're going to get everything you want and you're not going to get it at all. Um, and it ended up not really doing much. It maybe informed who the character was a little bit, right? To better well, understand. Well, it, it was a it was a season intro too, so it was it was kind of a kind of I felt a kind of a cool uh, season. I mean, episode one, season five intro or whatever it was. Um, so it didn't bother me as much. Uh, Mike, um, and I know it's in the book. I'm not saying it too. bothered me. I'm just saying, in hindsight, I don't feel like it really added much to anything because they never went back to it. You know, they, I don't think they really ever referred to it again. They could have simply had her discuss that in conversation with somebody earlier in the show or later in the show. Or, and I think that's how it's done in the book. It's not done like a flashback in the book, if I recall correctly. Yeah, it's it's her telling the story. Right, I think so. It's been a while since I've read it, but I'm almost positive it's not a flashback. Right, right. Um, so so that that one you felt was not as good as uh, um, it could have been. In other words, Mike. Well, I'm saying that they did it, and it didn't seem like they figured out how to use it better. And it didn't, to me, give me a lot of insight to who Cersei was as a character. 
you know, I think they did a good job of that in the first season where she is just complaining. I don't remember if she was talking to Ned Stark or, but just basically saying how there was, you know, she was this young girl who was, you know, um, uh, Robert Baratheon was this, you know, young heroic stud, the winner, you know, the, the the hero of the Roberts Rebellion. She was the new king, and she was happy to be kind of his wife. And he turns into this drunken lout, um, and kind of her, and you know that she wanted to be more, but her whole existence as a woman and uh, part of a powerful family was simply to be, you know, cattle to be traded, right? To be married off, to be a breeder you know, for a political pack. You know, there's all these things. And that told me all I needed to know about her and her motivation and the bitterness that she was feeling. Um, and I didn't need to know that, oh, she also had a psychic teller that her children were going to die or whatever it was. Because we never see her really act on any of that. Right, right. Now, maybe... Lord Martin will do it. That could be one of those things where they had no idea how that was going to pay off and he didn't tell them. And so they just never bothered putting into the story or they just decided they didn't like how it was going to go into the story. And so decided to leave it out in the end. Right. But, and I think this is going to be an advantage that the dance of dragons has is right. The story is there. The story is yep. there, at least, at least it's bare bones, because its story is there as an oral history. It is unreliable narrators. It's it's all uh, Baratheon propaganda, whatever. You know, it's just um, they can change on around as much as they want. And you know, not, not as much as they want. They can't like suddenly have UFOs pop into it. <laughs> that would be interesting. But. Um, <laughs> They, they can certainly shade characters a little differently, make them better or worse, um, change the events, give you new perspectives. So, um, yeah, I think that's it's, that in the long run is going to benefit them significantly. Yeah, yeah. When you have source material that's completed, that that does help. That does help. Um, Sean, you've been quiet. Uh, what do you what do you got to add to that, or something else that you wanted to discuss? Oh no, I was just gonna like it's pretty fair discussion, right? And again, I know that there's people who were had issues with the time jumps or whatever, but I'm not sure how else you would be able to cover the 30 years and actually still have the story have any flow to it, because I think like has been mentioned, flashbacks can work, but. You shouldn't you you shouldn't be relying on them as your only way to tell the story, if that makes sense. So I get the fact that you need to have time jumps, and I like the fact that they picked events that made sense as this situation continued to degrade, right? So that you show that at this one point things started out not too bad. It's getting worse. It's getting worse. It's getting worse. So each time you're jumping, you're seeing that the, the time that has passed has not gotten better for what the situation is actually leading to. Well, and honestly, it doesn't even start at the beginning of the book. There's yeah. a lot of history even before all this. Yeah. So, so I mean, and that's like a, that's. I mean, I know that they're talking about other series that they're looking at, right? Of like what they would do because 
I mean, there's much more history available, but for like what you're doing with this, what this type of story, I think the way they told it was the best that I could think you could do it. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I didn't have any problems with the, the time jumps, to be honest. Um, I would have hated if they did another uh, aria wax on, wax off. Yeah, you know, t- type of thing in the in the house of no faces that was completely boring, and and then a lot of the Danny stuff was just, in my opinion, not not other people, but in my opinion, was just absolutely boring and was a character that I didn't care about. While all the other characters were in Westeros, and those are the ones I was really interested in. And then you have this one character that's off in the middle of nowhere that is like I don't even care. So. I don't think they handled her story well at all, because um, I think it it sounded better in the books when I read it than what I saw on the screen. Gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, and, and also and, say that's yeah, go on, Mike. I, well, I didn't have a problem with them fast forwarding through a lot of stuff near the end of Game of Thrones because did we really want to see Varys on a boat for four months? Right, yeah. right. you know, yeah. sailing across the ocean. Um, yeah, or the Lannisters getting back to Kings. Uh, to Lannisport and all that other stuff. Yeah. Uh, no, what was it? Uh, um, the, the the Unsullied. You remember they all went right. to Lannisport, and it's like we would have had to watch four episodes for them to get there. But anyway, continue. Yeah, but I'm saying so, and they'd always done a little a little bit of playing around and fudging with time. You know, it took Jon Snow one day to make it up, to, or one episode to make yeah. it up to the wall. Um so they just kind of skipped over. They just didn't make it obvious that they were skipping because we were new to the world and we didn't know how long it was supposed to take. Um, but when you start, when people started looking at the maps and calculating how fast would that dragon have to fly from here to there in order to get there and that, you know, whatever. Um, it's, it's fiction. Um, I can suspend my disbelief. Um, but they, sometimes things have to go by the wayside in order to service the story. And most stories, I think, are best told simply. Um, you know, even when you get something like um, Tarantino, where you take Pulp Fiction, Pulp Fiction is chopped up into different bits. It's an anthology, right? It's really more than anything. And it's an anthology where stories overlap. But like the scene with um, Vincent um, at the, like there's the scene with the diner there's the scene with Vincent going out on the date. You know, there's they're they're not considered they're not flashbacks. They're just catching different characters at different points in their lives. But what one show story was that? Pulp Fiction. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. right. continue. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So they don't treat not treat as flashbacks. Each story is told in a very simple way. And at the end, if you're paying attention, there 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 are crossovers to each and callbacks to each. You know, Vincent comes back from the dead because you're. Just, telling a different story that he happens to be a character in. But it's not like, oh, let's reveal what was really going on. It wasn't that that's not what was done. It wasn't one of those, you know, two days earlier, one of the things that you were referring to, Barrett. Right. So yeah, keep the story simple. Move it move it on. Move it keep it straightforward. And I think this is what they're doing really well here. I thought it was really well done for them to because the rebellion star, whatever you want to call it, the battle starts with the greens. So you'd have episode nine from the greens perspective. And then you have episode 10 is the response to that. And it made sense. They told them that way. 
and they managed to focus each one on each house appropriately, but also give a complete context as to what each house was doing, how they were respect, reacting to events. And it was interesting that they kept the focus limited to just those particular houses in those last two episodes. You know, but they still limited your perspective, but you still got a good sense as to what everybody was doing. Right, right. Yeah, and it was interesting. Um, they they didn't jump around, right? They they focused an entire episode on a certain set of characters, especially the last two uh, episodes of House of the Dragon. Um, so um, the Greens were weren't in um, ep- the final episode, except for when um, Hightower visited to give the terms and then in the green episode, uh, the penultimate, uh, we didn't see any of the blacks at all. Well, and it's funny cause it wasn't, they weren't really happening simultaneously those episodes either because nope. you saw what the greens were doing and then the yeah, blacks, right. how, how they react to it. There might be a little overlap, but there's not much cause it takes time for Hightower to get over there. And right. But, but, but even before Hightower gets there, right. Yeah, and he has to get there to warn them. Right, right. So, so it literally starts up exactly yeah. where the penultimate episode ended. Yep. Yeah, so that that's an interesting point. Yeah, really good point. So who knows what was going on in the Greenland, uh, no pun intended, when um, we were following the Blacks in the, in the penultimate. I mean, Yeah, because all we know is that Eamon went to Storm's End from, you know, the, the Greens. So that's yeah, all we know. Yeah, that's all we know, exactly. Yeah. Oh. So, yeah. I, I... All right, you guys uh, keep on talking. I got to go check on my daughters. Sorry. Uh-oh. Right okay. <laughs> no, no, it's nothing big. It's just. Are we paused? Uh, no, you can keep on talking. Go, go ahead. Keep okay. talking. Well, speaking of daughters, um, Phil's going <laughs> off to arrange a marriage. <laughs> um, <laughs> to uh, form an alliance with the uh, Dorkening podcast. <laughs> <laughs> He's giving them the choice of which daughter they want married to the eldest son. <laughs> so where do he, we think it's going to go? 18. Where do we think it's going to go at the beginning of the next season? I have an idea of where it may go. Who, but do we want to say that? Sure. Right, we'll we see. Like here's here's, so, here's the so, danger: is that we know and we don't. Which right. I mean, the answer is out there. Yeah. I I don't. I've not. I've managed to avoid looking ahead. Um, I'm 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 trying to backfill, like, look at things as they're going. Right. So I've read a little bit, like, it's a character dies, let me read up about this character. Um, or this event happens, let me read about this event. I'm trying hard not to go forward too far. Because I think um, me and you have talked about it, Barrett, offline, about what possible the possible start for Season 2 will be. But I don't want to ruin it for you, Mike, if you want to stay... Right, and, and that's that's right. the danger. Yeah, now, that's, a, that's a good point. Um, I mean, clearly, season two will end up being, my guess, the reaction. 
to what happened. I can't imagine that they're going to fast forward too far. Um, I mean, we know Rhaenyra's reaction. I don't think Rhaenyra's reaction is, oh, my God, they murdered my son, my boy. You murdered my boy. We're going to wait two years to, re- to retaliate. You know, I'm sure it's probably going to pick up very shortly after that with some sense of retaliation. It may go the other way. It may. We've seen Rhaenyra's reaction. It may want to come back to see what Allison and Otto and how they react to it. I'll be curious to see how... Um, uh, not Aegon. Aemond? Aemond reacts to it. Because this is what we talked about. It. Oh, sorry, go ahead. I was saying, how will he present it? Right? He goes, uh, Mom, uh, good news, <laughs> bad <laughs> news. Uh, good news is, got the Baratheons. <laughs> bad news that I murdered a messenger. Bad news um, a I murdered my nephew by accident. So I'm a kinslayer now, so that's good. <laughs> But yeah, yeah. Now, but would it be better for him? But let, now let's look at it from the point of view of a twenty-two-year-old, or whatever. Because I think it's about his age is like twenty, twenty-two, something like. Yeah, that. Yes, I think it's twenty. I think at the point. Um, and this is a guy who has made it a point to prove himself by getting the biggest dragon. And is he going to go? It's like, well, you know, maybe maybe getting the biggest dragon wasn't best idea in the world. <laughs> maybe I, maybe I'm not so good at, his, at controlling him as I thought. Well, and maybe plus, you wouldn't have got, you wouldn't have had that incident where you get stabbed in the eye either, probably. Right, or or maybe he just says, "Shit, that's a mistake." But maybe I shouldn't tell anybody it was a mistake. Well, obviously, Rhaenyra like, finds out pretty quickly, so we don't know. No, no, no. She's going to find out. out, but but the question is, does he does he does he own it in a way? Does he now say? Oops. Yeah, fuck, yeah, fuck, yeah, I killed him. It was yeah, totally my idea. Because he lean into it and, and say, yeah, he was a little pussy bitch who tried, you know, to take my eye and was trying to form an alliance against us to, to, to seize my brother's throne. He thought he um, could run away. He thought he could run away, yeah. So does he end up puffing himself up to hide the fact of his incompetence? Yes. All right. That's a, all right. This is where we yeah. talk about the stuff in the book, right? Where in the book because we talked about this last episode where the book, it was more his intent. Like it was, yes. at least that's what it seemed in the, the book. His intent was to kill Luke. Yep. If he wasn't going to get his eye, he was going to kill him. Whereas this, they, like we talked about, this was a different approach where they made it less about him actually trying to kill Luke and more the, Oh f- fuck. I screwed this up big time. I killed Luke. <laughs> I killed Luke. Oops. <laughs> so Can't I mean, there's he just the... munched him in half. <laughs> well, it's and then, um, but wait, it, it's not that he killed Luke. He's my, my kind of sort of started started the war. Yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that, that that may actually be more important because one life versus thousands of lives that are, including his probably his own, are are gonna are in danger now, right? Because he fucked up. And again, up. what was the thing that they talked about was the Kinslayer. Like the whole point that Rainice didn't kill the High Terrors when she should have, like we thought, yeah. was she didn't want to be a Kinslayer. Yeah. He's gone and become a Kinslayer. That's not a thing that's like a valued title to have. Right. You don't want that. That because it's a curse thing for for murdering family. 
So, you know, whether you agree with them or not, like you weren't supposed to do that. So you've got that aspect. And yes, he started the war now because there's no way to avoid it now when you've gone in, like, especially when you, again, you're killing someone who was on a diplomatic mission. Yeah. That's right? the other part of it. Not just <laughs> that he's the kinslayer. He also killed someone on a diplomatic mission that had already said, I am not here to fight. I will not fight you. Yeah, I, so. I think the, I think the problem is it, at that point, um, Otto. I, it, it's just it, it's just weird how they're they're doing it because Otto wanted to just you know pur- do the purge. So, but Olivia said no. Olivia Clark's character said no. Uh, Allison and. Then I don't, I don't know. I, I would just think that they one would look be looked at the Greens would be all considered traitors, and and the Greens would be uh, look at at the the blacks as the the evil government that where the rebels trying to overthrow, and so you would think that they would just want to kill each other right from the beginning. So I I, I mean again I, I don't know how these things work, but it just is a little odd that they're that diplomatic. But no one wants to do the one that starts the spark, right? Like, they all want to posture and do all their escalation but, stuff. But you don't want to be the one who actually is the one who strikes the match. But you know well, what? what? He, it, the moment they they crowned Aegon, the match was dead. I agree. Gone. Yeah, that's, I agree. That's, well, that's and that's fair. Yeah. But, like, to, actually, to the point where now you're actually going to war, right? There was maybe you could have done something because – even in that episode, they showed that like Renera was still thinking of that of the offer. I don't think she would have taken it in realistic, you know, realistically. But there was still maybe a chance something could have been done. But like you, when you kill the, a person on a diplomatic mis- mission, right? You've you've taken that. There's no negotiation anymore. You've taken that out for sure, right? You've well, just she, she you, ha- you've nuked she, it. She has to. If she's going to be considered a legitimate and strong queen, she has to respond, <laughs> execute all of them. <laughs> Unless, yeah, you know, I mean, I mean, what else can you do? I, I mean, yeah, they're already well, pretenders yeah. to the throne. Yeah, and that well, we, that right there was enough. But now they've killed her second in line heir, and yeah. I mean, from there, yeah, you're done. <laughs> yeah. Well, we know that Rhaenyra was actually considering letting her keep the throne. Right. Uh, but we again, don't know. It's, it's like but they, they didn't know that. that. He, didn't, he didn't believe that, that that was true. Well, she was said it. We watched her say it. We watched her consider it. Okay. But we know uh, she I said mean, it. All right. it, it, or at I, least right. state, we're, we're, it stayed outside to people that she was considering it. Right, at least at least in the TV show, the book. I, again, well, you're right; right. Mike, and, it doesn't matter. But I don't. But I can't again, but she as we've established, the, the the book is 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 hearsay. But I, I can't yeah. believe that she would just forfeit it. But the the, the well, thing, but, believe it or not, that's when something she was considering. So, so she did consider it. Well, and the thing well, is, you have now, but but by the time her son got executed or murdered or whatever you want to call it, but he, he, she had already determined that she was not giving up the throne. Had she? Yes, she already took the crown, put it on her head, 
Right. Yeah. That's true. She told yeah, when her, she did uh, that, it, get the f out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah, fair yeah. point. But, but I agree with with John that this is these are two kids in the schoolyard. One kid has already called the other kid's mother a bitch, and the other one, you know, is send some disparaging mark about the other kid's parentage. So they've already taken their shots, but no blows have been thrown. And so they're standing there, each one shouting at the other to go ahead and throw the first punch. So that way they have the excuse to fall off on him. But nobody wants to be the one to throw that first punch. Yeah, that's true. But because you know, yeah, you're anything right. At that happens. Point, you're right. At that point, when she takes the crown and is not going to give up the throne, it now comes down to who's going to make the first punch. And I'm thinking even if her son didn't get killed, they were going to war anyway. It was just trying to round up the the houses or the fiefdoms or whatever you want to call it. It would have them. taken a longer time to get there. This escalated things big time, right? Yeah. Yeah. But I'm I'm still gonna say and I think uh I don't want to quote Barrett, but uh I I'm saying that the Greens were traitors the moment they put oh, the crown good, fair on Hagen. And so I would have just took them all out immediately and just killed them all. But it just the only thing that I would say, and I think this is, again, more the what they did in the series than it was in the book, was even, because we touched, talked about this before, was like, Renera had tried to, you know, avoid this by offering the children marry, right? And then yep. bring the family back together. Allison and, and, wouldn't and, have it done. Wouldn't have right, so she was already a traitor even back So she was already going it, down the road suspect. was going bad. Yeah, she was right? already suspect at that point. Yep. So, and the thing is, it's like every point that there was a chance to try and avoid this, they didn't. Right? They just kept pushing, pushing, pushing. And that's the problem, is that if anybody had actually sat down, which again doesn't happen in real life either, but and and actually tried to work this out, maybe it wouldn't have got to the point it was. But everyone gets locked in their position, and then they can't see beyond that position, and then everything just goes from tit for tat, tit for tat, tit for tat, and then oh, your kid's dead now. He's been eaten by a dragon. Well, and you know, you know, and that's a good point you brought that up because the moment Allison turned that down. That pretty much should have had Rhaenyra already know that, okay, she's going for the throne for one of her kids. I agree. So she should have been ready and prepared, I feel, even before that. And But for the, for the safety of her kids, she went to Dragonstone, and that was probably her biggest mistake. Yep. Yeah. Because if she had stayed She acted the... like a mother rather than a queen. Yeah. The other problem is this, I think, is that, yeah, um, they're going to go to war, and they're probably going to war anyway. Now they've killed the son, um, as the movie tagline says, next time it's personal. Yeah, right. right. (laughs) Um, This this isn't going to be war. They're going to be a lot more... Civil wars are brutal to begin with. Yeah. <laughs> um, this could be even more so. Right. Because right. this is a this is a this this is now murdered my son. You you murdered my boy. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Same, similar to similar to uh, Cersei's when when both her her uh, 
uh, all her children died, right? She, she, she was merciless after that. And this is what's, what Rhaenyra is going to do now is that she's going to be merciless as well. Um, the question is, is she going to be torched earth like Daenerys was, or is she going to be like Cersei's, which is just kill my enemies, and unfortunately some folks will die in the process when I kill my enemies, but let's just kill my enemies. So, But either way, it's going to be bad, right? People are going to die. Because it's personal. And this is, again, another part where, like, we talk about with the difference with the book or whatever, where the book doesn't give you the real breakdown that the series does with Alicent. So there's a point where you can sort of have empathy for her, because from what I from what I know and, like, people who've read the book, Alicent doesn't come off as a, uh, a character people like. In the book, too? In the book, she's terrible. Okay. (laughs) Like, in the series, they gave her more dimension. Sure, sure. And, like, changing the age difference from her where she was, like, nine years older than Rhaenyra in the book to actually being, you know, a similar age changes that dynamic that they had. Yeah, but they time. gave because her. Because they more... wouldn't have been friends if they were no, nine they would... years old. Like they, they wouldn't, yes. right? Yeah, yeah, right. So <laughs> the fact that they changed that, they gave Allison a little bit more shading, so that you could see that maybe she, she wasn't totally bad. But then you see her going down the path of bad. I thought was really done well, and like even with Renera too. Like I think in the book, she, there's Renera isn't uh, made to be any softy either. Like she's got her own issues, and I think this is where the in the series they kind of tried to balance it out a bit more, and give it so that it wasn't just so black and green. And I think that adds more to the story. And again, when you're working with the fact that you only have like a couple of lines of dialogue here or a couple of lines of di- dialogue here, and you're going on the fact that it's like three people telling their version of what happened. I mean, again, the, the way the series is being told, it you can if you were able to combine both of the the canons, you could argue that the book is like again the three different perspectives, whereas this is like the middle ground. So everyone's got their own story, and then this is sort of what actually went down. If that makes sense. Yeah, it does. Comments, anyone? anyone? I agree. I agree with what Sean just said. So, and that's that's why I think again, this is why I really enjoyed it, was because they did give you more. And in very, and like in most times, I'm sure this you guys would probably agree with this too. Is like when you read the book, you get way usually you get way more than what can be put on the screen. You get the actual like mental inner dialogue and stuff that you won't get on the screen but because of how fire and blood was written this series almost takes over that aspect to give you more of what was actually going on that you you may you didn't really get in fire and blood itself and it's not saying that fire and blood is better and i think it's just that's you know how it was told and this is giving a different dimension to that story Right, right. 
Yeah, so so they, they, they do change it up. Like you said, the age difference makes them uh, friends. And and that was a, was wasn't something that they embellished from the book. That was a, a, a true change, right? Yeah. And then you look at the situation, even with the current, you know, the council in 101 AC, where it wasn't Rhaenys that was up. It was Lenor who was the one who was going, who was up for the crown. And well, she was, she was up, but discarded immediately. Yeah. Right. And then it was Corliss was pushing for Lenor, right? And like he had arranged where it ended up being Viserys and Lenor were the the choices. She wasn't even really considered at all in the book. Yeah, whereas whereas in the series, right, I think the changeup of making it Rhaenys makes it tie better for when Rhaenyra is named the heir. Yes. Because you've already got someone who's already been, you know, screwed over or whatever by the system. So you get more of an understanding and just like how um, this is not going to go well, even with the best of intentions, right? Because you've got a, a people that have one idea of how it's supposed to be and are going to rely on the council as the end all and be all of what happened. And then you've got Viserys who like basically countermands that or counteracts that by choosing Renera because at the point he doesn't have a male heir or heir, but then when he does, he still doesn't make the choice to change. Right. And that's fair. So, I mean, again, having that aspect, I thought did add more to what they were telling in this, in the, the TV series. And, and that is true. Yeah. Um, and again, it comes down to what you said, Mike. It's it's just a, uh, and you, Baron, and actually all of you have said, uh, the book is more of a uh, telling of of history by somebody, and no right massive detail. And that's like different from Game of Thrones, right? Because the Game of Thrones books, you're actually getting them for all the different characters' actual perspectives. You're right, following right. Yeah. them in the story. Whereas this, you're, it's, yeah. you're, you're getting tales. And depending and on who, who's got their agenda or whatever in play, it's what is going to affect the story you're going to get. Yeah. And they could easily have screwed it up. But I think they did a really good job of whatever changes they did make or embellishments they made worked really well. And let's remember, um, these are all stories. None of it really happened. You know, this isn't really retelling of, you know, the War of 1812. Yep. There's no need to stick. There's no historical facts to stick to. Yep. The, the concept of canon by fans is a silly one because nothing ever happened. And, you know, so slightly different versions of the same story. You know, the fans should be careful about letting their attachment to one version of the story color the telling of this one, right? Just because so-and-so ends up being a, an evil scumbag in the original telling of the story doesn't mean that they have to remain an evil scumbag in this version. Right, right. You know, and, and, and then the age difference between the two queens. Right. And it doesn't mean they got it wrong. Right. Different medium, different things. People are going to be devoting. The book, for once, 
the book you can finish off in a couple of days. This series, people are going to live with for years. All due respect to Phil, people are not going to watch this whole series if they absolutely despise all of the characters and just can't find anything redeemable in any of them. And well, already, I, I didn't. I well, I would. I wouldn't say I, I can't find anything redeemable in anything, any of them. But I, I would say that they're all fairly despicable characters, and the negative outweighs the positive. But you have to be able to make it interesting. And I think if this is simply Joffrey versus um, Ned Stark. versus John Stark, uh, John Snow. Yeah. Uh, I, I was actually thinking, um, who is the brother? Uh, Rob, Rob Stark. Rob. Rob Stark. You know, where that was that was a fairly black and white, you murdered my father, you're an evil little shit, we're coming for you. Now Game of Thrones fixes that by making the good guys lose, the nominal good guys lose, right, and make their own mistakes along the way. Although failing to commit to a prearranged marriage is a little different than, you know, beheading an innocent man. Um, really? Smidgen, just a <laughs> tiny little bit. So here they give each side its fodder. They are doing what they can to keep Allison not completely despicable, right? They've given her an out to give her some plausible deniability when it comes to the concept of rebellion and going against her husband's wishes. They've made Otto the villain, yes. and I really am curious. I would like to see them handle him differently in the next season or get rid of him. Because at this point, I don't it think it's away exactly from st- Allison as, as the one that's really pulling the strings. Well, not only the takeaway from Allison, but he is him and um, Lauren, Lauren. Clubfoot. Yeah. Laris. 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 They are the, they have, they don't, they're not just twirling mustaches. They're twirling these great big bushy Sam Elliott type mustaches. <laughs> right. They are, they are, they are firmly smack dab in the villain camp. Yeah. But I, I think, and to be fair, since I'm the one that always says they're all despicable characters, um, Otto has a plan. And his plan to him is legitimate. And so even if he is evil and a scumbag, you can see and understand what what he's doing and the point of why you purge everybody immediately. Because if you do, he wouldn't be dead by season three or whenever all of them die, because we know everybody's dead at the end of this series. So technically, he's 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 villainous just for the fact that he wants to put his grandson on the throne, but his actions, even if we would consider evil, uh, you know, if you're a Christian or a Judeo Christian or, or whatever, his actions in the sense of politics and power make completely complete sense. So sure I don't know I lump- if he is a twirling villain, as, you, as you're implying, Mike. He's just I'm saying that the way they the have enemy. portrayed him in the last, ever since he came back. Okay. Right. I think they, they've portrayed him that way. Or seem to have. That's why I said I'd like to see more of him. Either get rid of him, 
because there's nothing interesting about the twirly mustache villain it, it, the way this is playing out or give us more with him so we can get his perspective why is he okay with doing everything he's doing no right it, that's true where it's going to go yeah because you you're right he could they could have had a scene where he sits down at the council and explain or, or with his daughter and explains why you got to do it this way because the moment we put Aegon on the throne we are usurpers rebels and villains to Rhaenyra. So well, let me, let my point is here. is to wipe them all out now because if we don't, we're done. Let me well, you're then, not done because you're in New Hampshire. Let me right, break in here but, for a minute. We, you guys we, have been we, talking for a while. I want to talk okay, about Hightower. Sure. He seems, I mean, you're saying he's villainous, but I'm not sure that I 100% agree with that because from his perspective, he's not. He thinks right. that a woman shouldn't be queen. And that's just the way he views the world and that his grandchildren are more are their blood is more important than hers because they are men. And, and there is his DNA as well. Yeah, well, I'm sure that hinges on it as well. But I think he sees it in his mind as these are the correct male heirs that should be following. They're older than Rhaenyra's sons and they're directly and they're bastards they're not bastards they're not bastards exactly they're directly from viserys and rhaenyra should have been never been named as the person who would become the heir i think that's just straight up how he sees it i don't know that that's what about saying he's right or or even mustache twirling i I don't know that That, that's what i was trying to say yeah exactly and especially when you put your grandson on the on on the throne, you have his idea is you just purge all the the enemy now, or we're going to be killed. But go on, Mike. Let's remember though, this is a show being made for a modern audience. So while I the modern a audience, modern... It, you know, it's it's made for a, uh, a U.S. audience because and Canada audience because if it was made for a modern audience, welcome to China, Iran, Russia, Cuba, on and on, and North Korea, and on and on. So it depends on your perspective, Mike. But Continue. But a modern, but regardless, the audience which it's mentioned is not going to be empathetic to, well, a woman shouldn't serve. Now, I've often complained about retconning history, you know, and having that the stars of your medieval movie be the only people who are perfectly fine with homosexuals, with women being empowered and, you know, thinking slavery is terrible. You know, okay, I, see, I see where you're going. I thought you meant uh, purging uh the enemy and and you're not talking about that you're talking about gender politics but can't yeah can it be made even with modern day audiences in mind but still stay true to what it's trying to say i think they should i think they should so they they should make it clear because you can certainly make the argument that his that they deserve to be on the throne but there's a difference between saying i believe aegon should be on the throne and then saying and we should murder everybody who disagrees. Well, I think I, I think uh, they're going from a commonality of history that we've seen in just our human society. And, yeah, <laughs> yeah, no, no. yeah, yeah. See, see, and I made the I made the analogy way back, which is uh, earlier episode of this podcast where the Shah, if he had just executed Ayatollah Khomeini, there wouldn't have been an Iranian revolution. Instead, he he 
uh, threw him out of the country, and then the guy was able to become more powerful outside the country. So, what about it, the Russians back in the early 1900s? Well, I mean, well yeah, that's what, why, they why do you were think, eliminated. Why, why, why do you why do you think why do you think a bunch of people were thrown down a well exactly right. <laughs> because they knew if they didn't it, that that's the only way they were going to consolidate power so they mass purged everybody and in yeah, but, did the same thing they all but they're not going and, and but they're they're you know. not again if you're I'm saying if you're going to make the character yeah. have an aspect that is not entirely villainous then you have to give even a little bit of empathy in his motivations and the motivations you're using. Well, that's what history is. You're talking about realism. That's fine, but he's well, still going to well, be perceived as a villain. Well, I, well, I think, I think the, the, like I said, the problem was, is they just like for a modern audience for him, uh, you, a modern U S audience for him to say that immediately, everybody goes, Oh my God, he's villainous. Oh my God, whatever. However, if they had him sit down and say, the moment we put our son, your son on the throne, they're coming after us, and they're going to kill us. So either we don't put them on the throne, or we have to make the first move and take them all out now, just like the mob, and and then you know like the mafia mob, the, you know, and all that. Th- then we could make sense of it, and we would see the what Barrett is exactly trying to say. So you're you're both right. It's just that they didn't have that scene, and they're just making Otto look like he's he's evil. But me and Barrett. Are looking at Otto differently because we're looking at the big picture, not just what they showed us on the screen and saying, oh, I see why Otto's doing it. I'm just talking about giving him the same shading, like yeah, giving I, him a little I bit get more it. time. I'm not, and right now he's kind of a Tywin Lannister type. Yeah, right? Uh, and Tywin, uh, I think... Great character. Yeah, he's a great character. I don't think they've gone there with Otto yet. Because Tywin, absolutely, I think you could argue, is a villain one of the villains in Game of Thrones. Now, at but the same have, time, he's but he, not... But he spoke, and he gave his reasons, and we could exactly. understand and it. Exactly, and that's all I'm saying. That's all I'm saying. They need it, to do got that it. with his character. Absolutely. So that he's come across yeah. as a person as opposed to a motivating yeah, sure. agent of events. Yeah, yeah. Tywin yeah, had the best death ever. Yeah, yeah because, because, <laughs> Ty, because Tywin, Tywin, everything he said was was absolutely 100% correct. If you if you look at his perspective and his family and wh- where he stood, he, he, he was like, my God, yeah, he's, I see his point. I don't necessarily like what he's doing, uh, but but he, he has logic, he, you, know, he, you know, and all this other stuff. So, well, and it's not like Robert Baratheon hadn't done the same thing just a few years earlier. Yeah, right, right. right? Yeah, I so, mean, when so they took over, Ned they Stark did. Yeah, they all did. Right, it. Ned Stark was part of that. They all were part of that. They all rose up and killed yeah. everyone in the regime before them. Is that right. how not it only that, Right. Not and, only yeah, that, I mean, yeah, go on. But Tywin, let's remember, also refused to accept the reality of who his children were. Yes, meaning yeah, yeah, right, right, right. <laughs> meaning yeah, saying, we're going to put it, yeah. we're going to put an end to these filthy rumors about you and your brother once and for all. It's like, no, your grandchildren are little incest babies. So right. he wasn't. Right. So even though he was bad, he still had a line, a line spot when it came to his family. Yeah, he wasn't endorsing true. everything they did. Yeah, that's true. So he was a complex character. He, but he, he gets to he die in the shitter. He gets to die. He didn't. He he may have disrespected Tyrion, but he also made him handed king. Yeah, but yep. he also put him in the position where he was going to maybe get killed in a trial by combat. 
Yeah, that too. And the battle. Saying, but so he, he again, he was a complicated character. He had good points. He had bad points. The bad way outweighed the good. And, and I, we, we pointed out, Rhaenyra had a guy murdered in order to save the life of her ex-husband in order so to marry her brother. He was not exactly. Anyway. He was yeah, in a global I mean, blood. Oh, that, that's, yeah, that's pure evil. You're absolutely right. I, I see yeah, not exactly a good deed. You know, the, the savior husband, great. Marry your brother, eh, okay. It's a family thing. Marry your uncle. Her yeah. uncle. Yeah. Strangely you comfortable know. with it. Yeah. Right, so I'm in place. Um, all right, I get that. All right, you know, I, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna condemn him all that much for that. Um, but murder the innocent people in order to facilitate that plan. You know, no, I can't go there. I can't, I can't put a stamp on that one. So that sin is always, and of course, she hasn't. Neither one has acknowledged that, right? Right, right. Neither one has acknowledged that there was anything even wrong with that. Well, Not and I have spent to spend a lot of time dwelling on it. That that is one difference from the book too. There's no, I mean, those are all just rumors in the book. There's no confirmation that she did anything like that. So or that, that is Damon kind of did. yeah, or that Damon even did. I mean, it's just a a rumor in the book, and in here we're getting almost so almost what, what, confirmation. What happens in the book? So the the her husband, the quote unquote gay guy. Because I don't even know if that's true in the book. And he does he get murdered? Does are you, well, he gets murdered. He yeah. gets murdered. Yeah. Right. But he do they know who murdered? murdered. But do they, they don't, don't know actually, who. And the rumor no, is maybe Damon. No, but but do they even know the actual person who stabbed him to death? Or or, or in other words, we know I don't Damon. Think so. Okay, because we because because you know you you got the Charles Manson who tells people to do the killing, and then you got the people that do the killing, and well, so they, they don't let you know. What, who who was the motivator and they don't let you know who actually did it either. Well, and I think that's one of the things about the book that is easier to do than in a show is all this rumor is captured within three different lines of history, people telling the stories, and it shows how the history can get mangled. So nobody even really knows what happened. And also you have the idea of history is changed by people later on as well. Right, right. The, it's Rochemont, right? The Rochemont storytelling, the same event told from three different perspectives. Yeah. Right, and right. so, you know, one character says, oh, and Damon murdered so-and-so. And then the next guy comes along and says, you know, oh, this guy was murdered. Nobody really knows who did it. And then someone else comes along. Oh, but there's there's rumors that he wasn't really murdered, that he snuck off in the middle of the night. You can just do whatever you want. Yeah, and a, and a lot of that they do directly in the show, which is fine. I can work with that. Like, right. well, even well, Damon, sh- Damon killing his wife, same thing. In the uh, show, we, we know Damon was responsible and that Rhaenyra... Do we know for no, sure she's responsible? Yeah, pretty much. I mean... They, well, she had the idea. Like, if you get the idea that she's yeah. the one who had tried to protect Lainor, right? And wanted yeah. to give him his happy ending or whatever... And yeah. realizing that she was, they were. She gonna, might not have known how Damon was going to go about it. Oh, she may not have known the specific specifics, but she had the idea right. to to fake the death. That's what and, I thought. And, and and she also knows after the fact that someone was murdered 
by Damon or, or like Damon's Alice minions. Knows after the fact that a bunch of people were killed yes. when that when Heron Hall was burned. Who who was that? Elephant. Uh, just when, like when Heron was, Hall. With the Strongs getting murdered, right? Yeah. yeah. Oh, 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 yeah, she, yeah, she yeah. Doesn't, right, right, she right. doesn't know to begin with that they, he's right. going to kill all those people, but she's a participant because right, after right, the right, fact, right. she knows about it and right. lets him go on. Or just right, stuff right. with Christmas. Well, I mean, right? I mean, the difference is she was almost blackmailed, but she's responsible for sure. However, Rhaenyra, well, well certainly was a participant in... in, in we, we are certainly led to believe yes. because we go from them talking and conspiring to yes. seeing the plan executed. We never see a thing where Damon pulls someone off the side and says, Rhaenyra must never know. Right, you know right. so no, we, exactly. just, we just see him giving a bag of coins to somebody. Somebody, right. So we, yeah. we have every reason to think she knew what was going on or at least gave um, yeah. gave approval to it. Where Allison may have given approval by accident. We're certainly right. worried as to what's going to happen when this comes out in court, um, because it's she's going part to, of the cover up. She's part of the cover she's, she's up. She's part right? of the cover up. Um, yeah. But That's if true. you want, to, yeah. right? Which is bad well, enough. She's just lucky because she doesn't have to cover anything up. She doesn't have to cover anything up because Laris is so good that there's no tracks really to her. She's far more culpable with Kristen murdering Joffrey, Joffrey. where he where he, he punched the guy's face in right. Right. At the party, right? Where the was yeah, the, oh, the right, right, right. lover. Yeah. Where yeah, right, right, right. Kristen kills pe- kills him in front of everyone. Right. And Allison makes it go away. That's well, right. if there's so anything... she's way more culpable for that than, you know, for directly for the Laris stuff, if we're gonna, you know, give uh, a perspective or whatever, right? Yeah, that's oh, the, oh, that's, right, the, that's right, the event right. of anything. Yeah. I'd love to have like found out really what happened there, meaning how did he get away with it? Like, what was the story they told? That would have been nice to know. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, and I could understand if, for instance, Allison went, oh, well, I can recruit him now to my side if I if I help bail him out there. But we don't even know if that is necessarily what happened. Um, I, I have to imagine she was horrified by what he did. Um, we know that she's not bloodthirsty. Right. But the um, sequence but, where but, he's uh, going to commit uh, Sethaku, right? And she but, comes but, to him and stops him, right? right, so right, right. But, but, but it was stop, her way. Stopped more death. Yeah, but but she um, she saw an opportunity to get someone that was pissed at Rhaenyra on her side, yeah. um, and and so I think her whole motivation was 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 for malevolent reasons, not because she was being kind. Oh, I'm sure it could be for very Machiavellian reasons, but she's also, what I'm saying is she still would have been shocked at the death. She would have been appalled at the death. And she may or, have or she saw it as an opportunity. But it's not like this happened, but this isn't a thing that they could cover up. It happened in a room full of people. So the right. question is, how did she, like, what, what if, did he get any punishment whatsoever? I mean, we do skip forward. Yeah, yeah years they later. just skip ahead so, and we, we never so know. So he may yeah. have gotten a punishment. It may have been a slap on the wrist because she was going to use him. Yeah, yeah. Um, or did he just get away scot free and people went, eh, peasant, move along? Right, right, right. Yeah, it was it was bizarre. Uh, one of the unexplained things this season. That's for sure. 
Um, so yeah, I mean, I mean, yeah, for culpability, I mean, I mean, yeah, I mean, they, they both have have culpability of. I mean, this just comes down to where I'm saying that you know none of these characters are characters that I really like as people. I mean, I like watching them and I enjoy the show and all that. But but that's really, I mean, what else would you put on Rhaenyra as far as that's concerned? I mean, that's probably the worst um, thing she's done, right? Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I mean, obviously she she had the bastard kids and and uh, whatnot. But oh, and then she she's decided to marry Damon, and he's a he's a piece of garbage. Um, and, and she wanted to marry him. You know, in other words, in other words, she's suspect for just marrying a scumbag that murdered dozens of people in in episode one. You know, so it's so. I, I mean, she's. It's not like she had a huge worldview and a pool of people that she thought were great to pick but, from. Right. But but it comes down to to you know, uh, uh, spoiler alert for for an old movie, Good, Goodfellas, when they they pull in Ray Liotta's wife in that movie, the FBI. They say say you're not just some some housewife that doesn't know what's going on. We we know we've been bugging your phones. We we hear you. You know everything. You're culpable. You you're either gonna go to jail for life or you're gonna help us out. But, but Damon I, wasn't even I, being a, a dick when she married him, right? He had he had matured no, he had been a dick earlier. Yeah, well, he, he, well, he's he already a murderer. Left. He's already a murderer. He killed well, most of these That's people a, are murderers. I mean they joust and kill people. They you know, just in competitions. So I right. mean <laughs> well, well, first of all, first of all, he's a dink to her father. Second of all, he, he's he's murdering people without his father's her father's permission. I mean, he's a, he's he's no good. And and she, well, he, she, I think he comes out. I think he, I think he's by the time they get married, by the time both of them are older, I think he's a very different person. Yeah. At least, at least, I mean, I, not it doesn't, not it doesn't matter. Different. It doesn't matter. Well, it does my, her. My, my, my girls ain't going to marry an ex-con. But we're not talking about your girls you have or, no today's control over soci- that. or today's society. Oh, I mean, oh, I'm going I'm to try to teach them that, though. Um, well, so, there's the, there's a there's a perfect difference. What, Rhaenyra taught her kids. You can tell much better than Allison taught hers. There's yeah, a right, huge right. difference between those kids, and that's why I look at Rhaenyra and I go, "She's the better mother." Okay, so then where do I distinguish them? Allison has been forming plots forever to push Rhaenyra out, whereas Rhaenyra just fled to Dragonstone. And poisoning her children against their nephews and their aunt. So while I've been more sympathetic to Allison than I think a lot of uh, the uh, you on the podcast, that is to me her, her, her biggest sin at that point is that she is deliberately plotting. I know she may be, manipulated by her father to a degree but she's still culpable in how she is manipulating her children against her friends and actually stepdaughters children oh <laughs> uh, let's, let's remember that yeah. the now as far as <laughs> as far as Rhaenyra goes the sleeping around we understand why that happened right she's been made clear her responsibility is to deliver an heir to the throne yeah and we know that her previous husband was having troubles that there was no pill invented yet to, to rectify. Um, so I'm, I'm giving her a pass on the bastard children. And they tried. They did try, too. They said And they, they did tried. try. They do say they so, tried. Yeah. And then and then it comes to marrying uh, evil bastards. I mean, 
if if marrying scumbags was a crime, all of our wives would be in trouble. <laughs> so, well, I, I, I'll, I'll say th- I'll say this. Um, I, I'm, I'm going to stick with the, the mafia. Uh, Goodfellas example is she she's culpable because she decided what has he done to marry since married? What she, well she married she married a, a scumbag. What has he done since they got married? There was he chopped one that one guy's her- head off, but that guy was in violation of the king's chosen thing that they're not supposed to talk about. So I thought that was king's justice. It, it, and, and it doesn't and even matter. He killed it. He killed his- Punish him. Uh, I, I I see. I'm not even bringing that one up, but you, you know. But you, you guys brought that one up. But but all the stuff he's done in the past is enough to make me say you don't you don't marry this guy. But he's not doing it anymore. So he's not. She's not complicit with anything at the moment. I, I'm not saying right, she's so complicit. But it's she's like, suspect for wanting to marry well, well, a scumbag. But, but you're bringing up the Goodfellas thing. The Goodfellas. She was married to the guy while he was a, while he was in the mob a and crook, selling yeah. drugs. And you know, <laughs> while he was a crook, it's not like she, you know, she, some guy who right, but that, committed that crimes was, as that a was kid. That's just an analogy. My point is, she she's suspect because she she wanted to marry not only a scumbag, but her uncle. And he's a scumbag for, for wanting to marry his niece and for murdering hundreds of people. I don't uh, know that the, he's the, murdered the, the, hundreds, but... Well, well he did in episode others. one. We saw him do it in episode one, all those people on the street. Well, it was a hundred, but it probably... That was, was all was, a lawful action. Uh, it's well, running up the Jews in Germany, but that's yeah, another exactly. matter. Exactly. Um, that's what I was about I mean, to hey, say. We're that not talking about, about no, modern-day stuff. Right, he certainly he certainly made a mark. He, he 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 murdered probably dozens of people and maimed many more, if not more, if not in the hundreds. Um, but I guarantee so, everybody else at his level in that kingdom did the same thing. Maybe I don't I don't know. Likely, but he but, he, but he's just he's an evil bastard. They they made him in this show a bad boy for the fans to like, but he everything. All his motivations generally are have been been uh, uh, narcissistic scumbag. I don't agree with that, but Sean, what's your opinion? Uh, <clears throat> well, I can truth. certainly. No well, one's gonna. No one's gonna hate you for for, for agreeing <laughs> with me. <laughs> uh, like, there's a point that yes, everyone is bad in this this world, but then that doesn't make it right that you're also bad in this world. If that makes sense. And again, yes, we're looking from a different perspective and a different worldview or whatever. But I mean, yes, if you want to bottom line it, these people are all terrible. All the ones who are in power or vying for power are terrible. Maybe different levels of terrible, but they're terrible. Exactly. And the and the point is is that their terribleness isn't paid by them. It's paid by the small folk. And everyone below, right? And that's and that's the track. Even their own relatives. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And let's be honest, we've seen some of the small folk. They ain't all that hot either. Basically, you got hot pie. That's it. You know, it's, a lot yeah, of the but, small folk are shitty people too. So yeah. this is a shit. That is a shitty world. It is a terrible world to live in. They are living in the world that they've been taught to live in, and sometimes that means fucking your brother or your uncle and sometimes that means having children out of wedlock and sometimes that means punishing thieves by chopping off their hands and they're all things that we find horrible today thank the lord we find these things horrible today right. but at the same time 
would you want to be one of the people in power and risk becoming one of the small folk where you have to deal with completely different levels of shit happening? It's just going to happen to you instead of you being the one to shit on others. And you can understand why they are so desperate to stay on top and, or even exactly. improve their position. Yep. So this is not to go all, well, it's society's fault, because in the end, everyone is responsible for their own actions. But to a degree, they are certainly trapped in a world that is not of their own making and that none of them has the power to change. Well, and we have to understand that justice works differently in this world than it does in ours. Right. This, this is a world where of, of you are innocent if you can beat the shit out of somebody. Right. Because a trial <laughs> might, by might combat. Makes, yeah, might makes right in this world. And, you know, Damon cutting that guy's head off, that was might makes right. He just took that guy out. Well, um, right. And, and Otto it was right when he said we should just purge them all now and kill them all. From He's absolutely one hundred percent right. From his if we're not going to go yes. by morals and 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 what's right and wrong, Otto is one hundred percent right, I, and he should have. But then I don't want to hear about. And I don't want to hear about Damon killing people either. Right. I, I'm I'm saying that, I'm saying they're both assholes. They are. I, I'm I just, just I'm just defaulting into into uh, saying Otto isn't anymore. But because but, you're trying to tell me that Damon and Rhaenyra were okay. No, that's not what I'm saying. No, no, I'm, I'm not saying, talking about you. I'm saying but, Mike said that. No, that's not what anyone said. I said Damon is a different person now than he, he had been. Yes. So, yes, he was an absolute shit, and you can argue about does, does, this, does that stain lay, weigh on his soul, and you can make that argument. But he was, has not been doing those things for, for some time since he basically seems to have murdered uh, – or not murdered, defeated the, uh, the, the Captain Crabhands. Um, oh, he killed the page boy. He killed his his wife. He he's a motherfucker. He killed. And all he killed those the things way, happened. He, after. he killed his wife. After all that. that was before he got before married. That. Mike's talking about after he got married. Okay, and which right. and which it's, in which case we get back matter? to the, the the one incident. Well, I I would argue if you're talking about holding Renero responsible for things he did 20 years ago, yeah, I think it does matter. I do think there's a difference between things he did 20 years ago that she either may not be very aware of or. I've forgotten about or not care too much about versus who he is right now because we all did stupid shit when we were younger not well, we, on we the same do, level we, we, didn't, we didn't do those things well no but we also <laughs> weren't living in that world and didn't have that, right. that level of authority exactly. and you can't prove a fucking thing so stop asking those questions so uh, <laughs> so who is who has he been since she married him is how i would i would gauge it and we're right, talking and a decade uh, here, right? Because nine, haven't right. nine years gone by? Right, but, it? but but then aren't all those people, even, whether they did it ten years ago or, or whether Otto's killing somebody today, does it matter? Because they're it's it's for whatever their own narcissistic things and ability to stay in power and on top, as you, as you guys are saying. I, I, what, what, why? Oh, well, Otto's the same guy that, that he. That, seems to be the why, same guy now that he was then. He seems to have been the same guy for the last 20 years. Damon did not. He decided he didn't want any more of it. He was like out of there. He was perfectly willing to settle on in, in Dorne or whatever that was. Not Dorne. Where was it that he was? Pentos? Pentos was where he well, was. Well, I guess yeah. my question for you, Phil, is can anybody become a better person? I mean, because I do see it in Damon. I think he's going to go back to well, being I'm, bad. I'm sure that, that you could. I, I mean, I mean, the guy on death row that finds Jesus, but he still he still gets executed. Yeah, but for, we're not talking about our justice. So in his world of justice, 
Yeah. He's now seemingly gotten to be a better person at this point. I don't know about that. I think I think he just has found stability, and he's finally found the power that's going to lead him to be the the king constant. And so, so that's a he fair point. Have, yeah, you know, I mean, that, that, but he yeah, also exactly. had given up a lot of his power. He would he kind of given up contesting the throne. He was perfectly happy with his wife. He was perfectly happy with his children. Well, he was we, happy we, not we to ever go back to that. King's Landing. We don't, we don't know from what that. they showed us on the show. Yeah, we do. Not, not really. It was one episode yeah. where he just looked like he was a defeatist and he wasn't happy. But I didn't see any happiness in him. He seemed content. He seemed content to stay was. on Pentos. I, th- I think he was 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 mass depressed. He, he didn't like it, but he was just no. sucking it up because that's all he could do. No, I think he was just saying this sounds like a good deal. I think he was. I think he was tired of it. I think he was done with it all. And then you see him, and then you see that moment, admittedly unscripted, of him helping his brother when his brother falls down. You know, you yeah. see him hand over the, the 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 crown to his brother from the crab king, and then help his brother put his own crown back on. There are all not, sorts I'm of not, things. I mean, yeah, you you could be kind to, to help your your crippled brother or, or whatever. That's well, I don't know there, if he but, would have done that but, in episode one. I, I I don't. Well, that may be true, but uh, I I don't know if I. I mean, I I think we we just saw so, something different with with him in his his prior life which is he was just depressed and you said he seemed content and so and, yeah, go on. once you see any of these characters do something that you find reprehensible are they pretty much done in your book i mean so they well they can't all, ever well, they can't well, ever redeem themselves in the show uh not not any of these characters that's for sure I don't. I don't see any of these characters as as redeemable. Every every one of them has been been horrible human beings, and and even if they became suddenly found Christ, you know whatever you know whatever that version of is in that, that world, I don't think it matters. I mean, th- those they're just bad people. I mean, I mean, we're wow. not talking about about minor things. It wasn't like they 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 broke into someone's house and stole the liquor. You know, and, and 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 mistakenly dropped the gun, and 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 someone was left dead. We're talking about people who I'm just a believer in forgiveness. I'm a believer narcissist. in forgiveness. Otherwise, yeah, but I'm, I'm never, I'm not, I'm not forgiving Osama bin Laden. I'm not forgiving forgiving Stalin or Hitler. I mean, you just don't. I mean, and I'm not comparing these people to that, but they are because they're about to cause a mass war war that's going to kill hundreds of thousands. So they are scumbags. I mean, I mean, there's nothing redeemable about these people. I, I mean, I, because we're not talking about people that we, your know, neighbor who fucked up. We're talking about evil people. You know, the the neighbor that gets hooked on fentanyl and then robs someone's house and kills somebody on mistake, and they and they do their ten years in jail. Yeah, they 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 can be redeemable. I agree a hundred percent, and you can forgive those folk. We we just you know? have different worldviews, so we're not. I'm not going to be able to have a meeting of the minds on this so well well that's why i'm using the fentanyl example here where i, I think you, you would agree with me and you are on the exact same page about that we would forgive the guy no, i think i i think we, we i think we just are seeing the character differently and we're seeing how how bad behavior affects you past versus present and can you change without having been punished you know I, for I, the crimes, I th- especially I, I, in that world well, you, you may be right, but I'm, I'm not going to – I just can't like a character that took a rock to some woman's head that was crippled on the ground because he caused her to be crippled on and, the ground. I, right, they're, and they're that's – pure evil people, dude. They're and not, we're seeing – and we're, and, we're, and, we're, and we're disagreeing on that. I'm just, I, I don't know what, that what anyone – What are you disagreeing is, on? 
about oh. about pure evil. I don't know that anybody's necessarily pure evil. I think everyone has a capacity. Even the people who do horribly evil things, they do have the capacity to do small good things. And good things don't necessarily outweigh the bad things that they've done. But it's not I, like everybody does everything they do in an evil way. I well, think Larry's is pretty I, close to bad evil. I don't think he killed his wife. I think she fell off the horse. When it got okay. startled, she broke her neck, and he put her out of her misery. Still going with that. Um, okay, we, we saw a different thing on the screen, or, or, or saw it differently, I should say. You think, I, I, planned, saw, you think he could have planned that? What I saw plan on is, her becoming paralyzed. What, what, what he, I saw is that he was about to do something she knew, and then the horse freaked she fell off and then he was going to leave her to die there but then when she went but then when she told him uh you know you're an impotent sob he picked up a rock he put her out of her misery and it had nothing to do with putting her out of her misery first degree murder nope oh my god okay all right i got nothing more to say good because i don't agree all right right, we need we need to move on We we have we have beaten this this horse uh, the way that the way that Damon beat his wife, uh, <laughs> but not like Laris has his issues with his feet. You had to bring it up, didn't you? Of course. Oh my god, <laughs> that's pure evil. <laughs> I don't know if that's pure evil. That's just an idiosyncrasy. <laughs> well, he's pure evil as well. <laughs> <We're going. laughs> if well, we're going with him, I agree with you. I don't think he necessarily wants to have outright power out front. He just wants power in the background to manipulate people and be the hand behind the throne. And I think he likes he has an aspect of liking chaos. At least that's sure. my Yeah, I'm not sure because uh I think his his uh everything he's done so far is leading to him having more power. So I okay. So I guess taking from what we know, okay, and again, we this is different. But from the book, in the book, his character is much more quick to jump sides, which we haven't seen in this one. Like this one, he That's seems true, to be, yeah. Whereas in the book, he is like he literally. How many times does he change sides? He plays every side against each other, right? Whenever so that, he needs to. And that's the aspect of like for me, where I see it as he likes to create chaos. He like you know because he doesn't. There isn't a situation where he's like these are my principles and I'm sticking with them. It's like whatever's gonna you know benefit me the boat the most and cause trouble. But that's just me. So I'm not saying that that's correct. I, I think in this show, my my suspicion is he's a guy who, when he was younger, craved power that was being denied to him that he wanted to be named heir. When that was finally denied to him, he finally came to grips with that when he tried to kill himself by attacking the crab hands guy. He finally just got fed up, left it all, left it all behind him, went on, had his life, happy wife, family, was content with that, was willing to settle down in Pentos. And then his wife died and his niece dragged him back into that world of power. And I think that is what's going to 
probably push him back to being what he was before. Meaning, I think that's going to bring out that dark side in him because that power, that being near to power, that temptation to have power, that's 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 giving him this, the 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 crack again. I think that's what's going to happen with the character. That's my thought. Uh-oh. Hello? Did we lose you, Phil? Phil, did you fall asleep again? Oh, I, I was on mute. How about that? <laughs> uh, no. <laughs> but, yeah, no, I, I, have, I have nothing to say. I, I mean, I I have no more to say. I, I, I made him speechless. I, I, well, I was on mute. I didn't even know I was on mute. Sorry. Um, but, uh, yeah, I, I got nothing to say. The, I, the characters are bad. That's all I got to say. I got nothing else to say. Wait, are we going to find out more, like the, the important unanswered questions, like who are the ancestors of, of Lamy Greenhands? Are we going to find that out? Are, are, we, are we ever going to find out where the chickens come from that, they, that, that, uh, that the hound ate? All these unanswered questions. What was the birth of the theater that, uh, that, that I, Aria watched? All these important things that are supposed to be answered in prequels. I do have a question, or I do have a criticism of of one plot line I thought was not done enough justice, which was the crab feeder. I felt like could have had more to it and just didn't have enough. Felt like it was just lip service, whatever you know, any of the scenes. It, it was, was that. it was set up to be a, a awesome villain, and it really wasn't. It was just a thing. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know what it was. Yeah, yeah it was kind of disappointing to me. In the moment, I'd agree with you. Meaning in the moment of episode three or four, whenever that was, um, maybe well, even the, two. With the cliffhanger, when when they show him at the end, it's like like oh my god, here's the new villain, and then that was just a red herring. And but having gone through the entire season, I understand that that is not really what the show was about. That if they dragged this this season off into two or three seasons, then yeah, they would have developed them and should have developed them. But I also get that that he was a plot point. For that was serving a, a, a much larger purpose, so I, I I can I can understand why they didn't focus on him at the time. And in the context of the larger picture, I I'm fine with it. I'm fine with it now. Yeah, makes sense. Uh, anything else? I would just say that, uh, again, the musical score was great. Especially... Well, it's, it's the same It's the same same guy from Game of Thrones, right? Right. So right. Rameen Jawadi, or I'm sorry if I mispronounce his name, but, yeah. like, it still had that, especially in the sequence with the Green Council, where you have that that same kind of vibe that was created from, like, the Light of the Seven, when Cersei was blowing up the set where that music just builds, 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 and you know, bad stuff is coming. I thought uh, the score throughout the season was great. So, yeah. uh, you know, another, that was another thing that's like the series, the show in the series has so many different levels of strength and that it does so well. Well, and I think even 
going down to and yeah, the the, the the score is great. The cinematography is great. The use of the settings is great. Like I love the um, the 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 map we see in the final episode where they put the glowing embers underneath it to get the map to glow. I thought that was a really neat effect. I like that a lot. But getting to see back, Storm's End was great. Yeah, but getting back to the music, I even like the fact that they just reused the theme from Game Me of too. Thrones. Yes. Um, and the reason is because I'm sure this is not the last. We know of uh, Game of Thrones spinoff. We know there have been others. We know they're talking about others. You never know what's going to be greenlit, what's actually going to go to series. Um, but I, I just can't help but think of Star Trek, where you have the original series had a classic theme. The Next Generation had a, had a great theme. Deep Space Nine actually had a really good theme. Voyager had a great theme. And then Enterprise came along. And ruined it for everybody. It. Yeah. I totally understand why for Game of Thrones they were so you know what? We got a good theme. Let's stick Let's with not it. F with it. But don't <laughs> fuck with it. It works. <laughs> um you know, sort of like Star Wars. The Star Wars films, they have they have the, the, the overture that works to play at the beginning of the films, and that that's that's fine. No need to fuck with that either. And no reason to mess this up. You know, like I love the theme for Westworld, but it's not the theme, which is by the same composer, but it's not the theme to Game of Thrones, um, and also doesn't have the those opening credits. We, I don't think the opening credits work as well as they did in Game of Thrones, but it's way too much to decipher in that short period of time. Yeah, um, but I'm glad I'm sure. glad the people who have the worn out pause buttons on their remote controls um, have been able to appreciate them. And explain to me everything <laughs> that I'm not able to catch. Yeah, that's um, why I don't do that stuff. I just let other people do it, and I can catch uh, on precisely. to it. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, there's so much good. I mean, uh, in this show, all the performances have been top-notch. I mean, even the kids. I like the kids. I mean, and, and of the kids, of course, I think we all agree, Eamon is like the standout. Um, yeah. Actually, actually, he may be a standout out of any of the people in the cast. That actor, Matt Smith. Uh, yeah, I think Matt that's Smith no, no, no. Uh, it's, oh, uh, the one who plays Eamon is yeah. Oh, the guy that plays him. Yeah, yeah he's doing a darn good job. Uh, but they all. But I mean, young actors, even the ones that are in. I, I don't know how old Eamon is, or Aegon is, or uh, Luke and and Jake are. Uh, in real life, but you know they're playing late teens or teens and and late teens or early twenties, and it's not unusual to get actors that aren't that that great at that. Yeah. Um, and know, it's you even, and Mitchell who plays Damon or Eamon, Sorry. Okay. Um, do you know how old he is? Uh, let me see here. I think he's in his early twenties, I believe. Okay. Well, I mean, like Jack Leeson, you know, they got very lucky with, but all Jack Leeson had to do was be an obnoxious little shit, and that's not quite so hard. He's uh, 25. Played, played uh, Joffrey in Game of Thrones, right? Um, it's pretty easy for a young person to play an obnoxious shit. They just said, "Be yourself." Uh, uh, yeah. Well, he he's not that way in real life. That's why he no, no, he's not acting because he was sick and tired of people thinking he was evil yeah. when he wasn't. Well, I did. So I saw an interview with with uh, um, George R. R. Martin and something to the effect of like when they asked him about Joffrey. And he just said, like, just can't imagine what I would have been like having absolute power at 13 years old. I would have been an absolutely horrible person. Um, it's just sad that people put that on the actual person rather than realizing yeah. it's, a char- it's a character. 
just a show. But I've seen that in so many shows and movies, and like I saw people do that with um, Josh McDermott, who played Eugene in The Walking Dead. I've seen that with you know, it's just I've people with uh, Kelly Marie Tran and 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 the the Last Jedi. Like yeah. some people are just, just oh my god, they're actors. They're paid to do a job. If you don't like the way they're written, hate the writers for God's sake. Hate the director. Just you know, the actors have very little say in it. They're performing monkeys. They're dancing the dance they've been paid to dance. Yeah. So back back to the show itself, because I assume our audience is smart enough to to know the difference. Um, anything else that we? we meanwhile, Phil's sitting with a stack of hate mail. We're dressed to all the actors because all their characters are terrible people. <laughs> no, no, not the actors. The characters. <laughs> uh, no. Uh, Music. Dragons are awesome. I think that's where we started. And they are still awesome. And and while I understand, I look, I'm skeptical. We we are losing one of the showrunners. Um, and and there there should always be a little bit of a hold your breath moment to see what happens when the, when one of the creators of a series leaves uh, to go do their own thing where they're not paying where they don't have somebody else eating up a chunk of the royalties. And maybe move on to something that they might own. Um, you know, good for him, no question. Seems uh, very quick, though. You know, first season gone. Yeah, but you know, he got it, got it off to a good start. And it, there's a lot of shows where it's not unusual for a creator to leave. But yeah. and there's and there's another. There, there it was a, from what I understand, a three person gig with one of those being Martin. Uh, we don't know who's most responsible on either end. Um, but he did seem to be the one who was directing the episodes that were way too dark. So, and I don't mean depressing, and I don't mean brutal, and I don't mean violent. I mean, ah, what am I watching? So, eh. well, if we if we look at it, um, he directed two episodes, and Condal wrote one, two, three, four, five episodes. So, if we if we go by working on the episodes. You know, I mean, I mean, Condal obviously seems seems to have put the words to the page to what we see on the screen, um, and maybe the more important of the two, anyway. So. Yeah, I mean, there's weird things with writers' credits in certainly in films, and I imagine somewhat on TV. In TV, you have writers' rooms. You don't really have single writers, even though single writers are often credited. The story is broken by a group of people. They get the story beats down, and then it's passed off to somebody to go to go write. But they start with a a strong outline, but I would still say, I think directors tend to be more replaceable in TV shows than writers are. Um, not that there aren't good directors, but there's a lot of good directors out there and it's the writers really rule the roost on television far more than the directors do. Directors tend to run movies. Right. right. So, so it'll be it, but it will be interesting to see. Hopefully they don't miss a step. Um, but you know, Phil and I have talked about uh, American Gods, which lost its showrunner. Brian Fuller was notorious for this. He has left a lot of shows after its first season. Dead Like Me was one. Um, Heroes was another. Um, and you could just you could just tell the difference in the quality um, of the writing and the, the way everything worked, and just and you could see it actually in Heroes. He returned for like half a season. And it's like, oh my God, it suddenly got so much better. 
And then he left. He's like, oh, it suddenly got worse. So it happens. So who knows? That may be the same impact here. But we'll see. Do we get right. – right. I think I saw something. I didn't get a chance. Did we get a confirmation as to the return date, a rough return date? is what is, yeah. Early or late? Uh, I think it's uh, – I think they were thinking summer again is what I had seen, but I could be mm. wrong. They just said definitely not in 2023, though. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, I'm wondering if there's any that has to do with the shakeup going on with HBO. Um, I'm sure that's part of it. So hopefully, Um, because I don't, I don't want this five seasons over ten years. Well, I I also think think um, you know they they didn't want to green light anything until they were sure that the show was did well, plus was critically uh, liked by everybody, and. now that it has, they can start showrunner, you know, doing it. And since it's basically a ten-hour movie, you know, a movie take can can take six months just to film, and then another six to months after, six to eight months after for post-production. So here it's, it's kind of the same way, right? So if they start um, sometime next year, it it doesn't surprise me that it wouldn't it would not be ready until 2024, you know, mid-year, summer, as Sean said. It'll be a long, long freaking wait. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, I mean, HBO was the first one, really, to, when I think about it, uh, to do this, right? I mean, it would, they, before HBO did, did this with, actually, Game of Thrones, specifically, before Game of Thrones, TV series would, would have a season ready uh, 12 months later, you know, and, or even, even sooner than that. And was it Sopranos? What happened? Oh, wait, they, they, they were the same way. They, they I took, don't know. I remember, well, not, not the beginning. I'm wondering if they were like a show that I, I'm, I'm trying it's it, like, I was watching it when it was airing. So, mm-hmm. but it's, but I don't, so it's been, but it's been a while. Right. I, so I don't, but I don't remember the lore. I kind of vaguely remember there being a long wait for the final season. Um, I know Breaking Bad, um, the final season took a while to come out and that was basically part of the negotiations was, um, it was, uh, Vince Gilligan basically traded development time to get the story right in order to give that, give them back like four, like something like four or five extra episodes, which is why that last season got broken up into two parts. Um, but yeah, it's become much more common, unfortunately, um, to have a long wait between seasons. Yeah, and and um, that's what happened with Game of Thrones. So, this being a spinoff of Game of Thrones, it doesn't surprise me that uh, it'll be that way. But in fairness, this isn't Three's company either, right? They're not filming on a single <laughs> set. Yeah, <laughs> um, and they just had to find out what's going to be the miscommunication between Chrissy and Mr. Furley this episode. Um, you know, these are things that are these are big effects driven. Well, like I said, they're like ten hour movies rather than right. a, yeah. a sitcom, right? Yeah, right. No they disrespect to, to Three's Company, but 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 yeah, this no, is, but this Three's is Company like a movie. is Three's Company. It's a TV um, show, right? Right. It's a, it's right, a, it's, we, it's well, not even a, a, a three, it's not even a TV show. Three's Company was basically a stage play because it was on a stage, live audience, 
yeah. in a single set, and that's what it was, right? I mean, this is a this is like these are movies. This is movies. Um, or I'll go with um, uh, what we do in the shadows, right? Which is a sitcom right now airs on FX. It does ten episode seasons. Comes out sometimes. It surprises me how quickly the the new season comes out, but it's basically it's only a year between them. Um, but that's that's a sitcom. It's filmed. Uh, a little bit of improv. It's filmed on location in Staten Island in New York City. And in Toronto. And Toronto, or wherever it's filmed. It's filmed as an yeah. but it's it's but that can get it out on a yearly because it's not a big involved thing. It's got a small cast. Once they get written, and even then the written is loose because there's a lot of improv that happens along the way, you know, shoot it, film it, move along. They don't have the same level of ambition that Game of Thrones has. Um and it's it's weird to me because like the Star Wars films, the original trilogy, three years between them. And I think the sequel trilogy the prequel trilogy was three years between, and then the sequel trilogy, two years between, and I think that ended up hurting it. You know, they didn't take the time between them. So they're they're shortening <laughs> the time between between sequels of films to reach meet production dates while T V series are putting more time between seasons. I think yeah. the prequel Star Wars movies were hurt starting with the first one. <laughs> yeah, well, that's a whole other matter. Um, but like J.J. Abrams has said, like he, the reason he didn't do the second film was because he he didn't want to do three films in in six years. He thought he was going to get three years between for each one. And when it was found, I was only gonna I was gonna have to do one every other year. He's like, nope, I'm out. And you know, handed off the reins, and then came back again. But even then, because you had to meet a deadline, you, know, you got the script that you got. But you know, a lot of things have been hurt by deadlines. By by, we have to meet the release date as opposed Absolutely. to release when it's ready. Yep. Um, and I'm sorry, I really appreciate when you get a show. I'm talking about a prestige show, not you know, two broke girls or some relatively disposable entertainment, even if you enjoy it. You know. Um, you know your latest spinoff of Law and Order or whatever it have you. When you get these prestige shows that are that are really putting into, as you said, Phil, cinematic quality, I'm glad they take their time. That's fucking annoying, but we will have the DVDs or Blu-rays or mental implants or whatever forever. The wait only goes for a couple of months. Yeah, kind of like video games. Like Blizzard always took longer for their video games, but usually a lot of the bugs were gone. I don't know about now, but as opposed back to in like the day, EA throwing right. games with all kinds of bugs. <laughs> right. Oh my God, I'm playing Psychonauts two. Psychonauts, which came out last year. Psychonauts one came out 16 years ago. Um, talk about taking time for a sequel. Um, <laughs> Hey, I'm Fantasy sure they weren't General, working on that Fantasy entire time. General is even better than that. They came out with a sequel last year, and I think the original came out in the early 90s. Yeah, there you go. Um, <laughs> people are still waiting on Half-Life 3. Yeah. <laughs> yep. All right. Uh, anything else on people's lists? Anyone? Anyone? I think we got it pretty covered. Yeah, yeah. So. All right, sounds good. Sounds good. Um, all right, so so uh, that's pretty much our wrap up. 
of the season. We we oddly didn't talk about what we were going to think is going to happen next year. Because we don't want I mean, to break this, do the spoilers for. Yeah, we like, don't want to spoiler it because some of us actually have yeah, no, already books, know so what's going yeah, on. Already know yeah. what's going to happen. But we yeah, want yeah, to be careful, yeah. but we did yeah. talk about it a little bit when you walked away. So now if. If you gotcha. want to talk about it, I'm more than happy to hang up and go away, and you can talk about it and, and warn the listeners no. who don't want to know. Yeah, that, we don't have to do that. that yeah, I don't want to do that. I don't okay, want to I'm do just that. saying. We could. Yeah, I mean, I mean, yeah, because uh, I'd have to walk away too. Uh, well, I could listen, but it's not. I wouldn't have anything to say except listen. Well, um, and I don't really want to talk about it because it's more going to be more fun to see it develop and how they yeah. how they and, do well, it. And and people can just read the book, or the, or they could just go to Google and search uh, synopsis of of Blood and Fire book uh, based off House of Dragon, and boom, it all yep. pops up anywhere. And exactly. there's also some good chair, uh, channels on YouTube that cover the whole Targaryen stuff. That's really good. Like you sent us Phil one, and then there's another channel that I watch that did the whole Dance of the Dragons breakdown, and it yeah, was yeah. really really good. Yeah, yeah. So my cool. my only concern with those is that they're going to end up spoiling. Thing. Yeah, that's that's the thing. Is if you want to go in without go blind, then you don't want to watch those. Right. But um, if you yeah. wanted to, yeah, it, it helps otherwise. But like I know I watched a video on the Great Council or whatever the the thing they talk about at the beginning of the show. Yeah. You know, and just to get a background, and that's like how I found out that okay, so Rhaenyra or Rhaenys was really a trivial part of that, and that it was. Uh, Boris or whoever was really the one they were angling to get on the throne. Um, but well, I understand what, why they changed it. And, and what happened to that person? So that was two uh, men that were supposed to be on the throne? It was two it men. Was right. So there, there was like yeah. eight, something like 18 different people. Most of them were, 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 were discarded very quickly. Yeah. And, 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 and Rainus was one of them, but she was discarded very quickly because she was a woman. She was not yeah. given any real consideration. She did have followers. She did have supporters and they did call her the, the, the queen that never was, right, but it right, wasn't, right. but, but like, she was an important character. Like they made her. That's what I meant. That's, that's what yeah, I meant to say. Yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah. No, that's fine. Yeah, right, right. So, so when it came, she to wasn't that, the, yeah. the great unelected leader, you know. Yeah, the one right, who never, right, right. she wasn't like the Mario Cuomo who never got the chance to be president, you know. Just um, <laughs> that everybody, that everyone expected, you know, uh, and he could be president someone. one day, and then then got usurped by Bill Clinton. You know, that never happened. Right, right, right. Or Hillary Clinton, where she got usurped by Obama, and then uh, yeah, we there's a lot of them like that. There's a lot of them like that. Um. All right. Sounds good. So, um, that's an interesting a change that they made to make her her more important even before the show started. And it works well too because it yeah. gives this connection between her and Rhaenyra, which really helps the show. I think. Right. Right. Yeah. And it reduces the cast to something more manageable. Yeah. Like we yeah. didn't need to hear from every every loser and runner up and, and every Howard Dean that's out there and, you know, yeah, yeah. everybody who could possibly have been contender. Right, right. We just, we right. just keep it to Rocky and Apollo. And that's it. You know? I could have been someone. I could have been a contender. It was you. It was you. It wasn't, it was you. It wasn't. I don't know. I'm just doing my, uh, um, streetcar, not streetcar, um, on the waterfront. You're trying. That's pretty good. Uh, it was actually pretty good. I, I forget the name of the character that he says it was you to. Rod Steiger's character, I forget. Because he goes, it was you, Frankie. It was you that did it. It wasn't 
wasn't me. I could have been a contender. <laughs> anyway, possible cinema yeah. card. Uh, I almost said a, a line from that movie earlier. I was going to use that as an analogy when 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 um, Kyle Malden uh, says to uh, was talking to. Uh, Marlon Brando and Marlon Brando goes, but Johnny Friendly, he, he's a good guy. He used to take me to baseball games. And then Kyle Marlon goes, big deal. He took you to the polo grounds. And, it, and <laughs> the, the point, the point was, is that um, uh, Johnny Friendly um, uh, was a mobster and a bad guy. And it doesn't matter if he was nice to you. Doesn't matter. He was a bad guy. Anyway, um, and the Polo Grounds is where the New York Giants used to play before, and that's the baseball team before they moved to San Francisco. All right, so um, I guess we can start wrapping up. So, uh, yeah, we should be back uh, in 2024 uh, on this feed. So wherever you're subscribing to, uh, uh, don't close it down because we will be back. Your David apologist will be back. That's right. That's right. That's right. That's right. Um, and uh, um, uh, what else? Uh, yeah, yeah. So that, yeah, yeah. That's good. So uh, we will um, be around though on uh, the Dark Discussions uh, podcast feed, and uh, if you go to that feed, other podcasts pop up as well. Um, including uh, at the same time we were doing this podcast, we were also doing uh, a She-Hulk podcast on the, the Marvel television series on Disney. Uh, so so we, we we're, we're all about uh, but just uh, subscribe to Dark Discussions podcast. And uh, we come out weekly with at least one episode on something uh, related to genre, cinema, and television and such. Um, so, uh, please, uh, follow us there. Um, all right. So, uh, let's give our final thoughts on this, uh, season here, even though pretty much there's probably nothing more to say because we, we all like the show, but we'll, we'll, you know, there may be something you want to add. So, uh, Sean, why don't you start? Uh, going into the season, I was really, really hopeful that it would be great. Uh, especially like hearing talk about it before the series, I'm glad that it like surpassed what I was hoping for. And I mean, aside from one episode, I think it was episode four with the, the uh, visiting the (laughs) the brothel stuff. Um, Every episode was great. Pacing story characters. And again, the dragons. So I am really, really happy with what they did for season one. And I cannot wait to see what they're going to do for season two. Knowing some stuff. <laughs> All right, sounds good. That makes sense. Yeah. Um, let's go for you, Bert. Yeah, uh, great first season, with the exception of the episode that uh, Sean talked about, and some of the dark issues where the scenes were too dark, where you couldn't even tell who people were. Um, other than that, I think it was a great first season. Um, I wasn't expecting anything because I really was disappointed in the last two seasons of game of thrones but this was incredible and there's nothing like seeing jake chewed out of his dragon by this massive dragon that is just a great scene everybody should see it oh luke or luke, luke yeah luke, luke. Luke. Yeah. <laughs> luke yeah uh, we already forgot his name 
He's no more. <laughs> who is who is he? Um, yep. Yeah, for me, he doesn't have a great. <laughs> Indeed. Um, all right, for me, um, yeah, it's a, it's a really good show. This is, uh, I think, uh, Barrett summed it up perfectly uh, in a prior episode where he says this is uh, the best show um, of the year, probably. Uh, not that I've watched many shows uh, that aren't YouTube. Uh, so, uh, but the few shows I have watched, it is uh, the best show I've watched this year. And if I compare it to, say, the last 10 years, so, you know, because that would actually what everybody should probably do anyway. Um, it, it stands up as as, as a, t- a top uh, television series in in a ten year radius, uh, at least at least for me. And I, I think most of us would probably agree as well. Um, it's right there with some of the best uh, television, never mind genre television, uh, and as good as uh, any movie. Like I said about Game of Thrones, if they had released that at theaters every Sunday night at nine o'clock, I would have gone to theaters and, and, and spent the 15 bucks or 10 bucks or whatever it was and, and watched one hour of television on the big screen because it's, it was that awesome. And, and I could do the same thing for this show here. Uh, let's go with you, Mike. Yeah, it's, it's a fantastic series. I think, um, I think it loses a little something from game of Thrones in the, 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 some of the wit, and some of the, the the dialogue and interplay between the characters and the likability uh, of the characters and the likability of some of the characters. Sure, uh, I'll agree with that. Um, there's no hot pie, um, but he, he was awesome. But otherwise, uh, I think this is a really well done show, and I think obviously the, the effects are fantastic. The dragons are brilliant. Uh, the music is great. The, the settings are great. The costumes are great. The performances are great. The makeup is great. Um, and the writing is, is really well done and it's engrossing and, um, and I have been dragged in and I, I said, and I like these characters as characters. I don't want them as neighbors. I would not invite them to a dinner party, but I like watching them on screen and I have, a, and, and I have a much better handle on who these characters are now than I did with Game of Thrones after its first season. So I really appreciate that. Indeed. All right. So um, again, we are not gone. You can uh, find us on Dark Discussions Podcast, uh, which is a feed that you can find anywhere podcasts are found. And then you can just go to darkdiscussions.com and uh, you'll see the podcasts all there as well. Um, we we do great discussions on various other stuff. Uh, as I mentioned, we, we did weekly episodes on the She-Hulk television series, if you were interested in, in superheroes. Uh, we've done a lot of great uh, podcasts on uh, horror movies recently and thrillers. So, for example, we, we uh, have recently recorded um, the new Hellraiser film on Hulu. We've done Halloween's Halloween end, so the last in, in that Halloween series. Uh, we recorded um, the sadness, which was that Taiwanese zombie film. Uh, we, we've done uh, a lot of great episodes uh, over there, so uh, follow us there. And uh, with this podcast wrapping up, Halloween boutique psychotronic reviews and cinema a la carte, which are two other uh, movie podcasts that we do, will we'll also be returning uh, as well. Uh, so we got we got a lot of good stuff going on, and all the people you hear on this podcast here 
you can hear on any of those podcasts that we just mentioned. Um, anything else anybody wanted to add about the general uh, podcast network itself and, and our podcast that we do that I may have forgotten uh, or anything? Anyone? Just thanks to everybody who supports us, who does the downloading, listens to us, and gives us a chance to do this, right? Um, yeah, yeah. We, actually, we, we want to thank those people who came to, uh, with the, to the journey of, of listening to this podcast with us, right? Yeah, so so that that's a good point. Yeah, uh, thank you, for everybody, for following us these past three months or whatever it's been uh, doing this podcast. Um, and you can also uh, Halloween boutique psychotronic reviews. There's another one to throw because that's going to be coming back, right? Yep, that's what I said. Yep, and Cinema a la carte is another one. So we got all that coming back too. Um, Barrett, what about you? you, you any final thoughts on uh, until we return in 2024? Barrett? Do we lose Barrett? Barrett? Is Barrett there? I don't hear him. Mark calling Barrett. Come in, Barrett. <laughs> Do we see him though? Is, is he still on the, the the call? I can't. It's showing I, he's here, but I yeah, I'm not hearing anything from him. Maybe he's on mute or something. No, it doesn't say he's on mute. Maybe we lost his 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 uh his mic because uh, I think he did break up a little bit earlier. What his last comment, didn't he? Yeah, a or little what? bit. Yeah. Okay, so it is. All right. Well, well, uh, I'm sure he would have something good to say uh, as well. Uh, and Mike, uh, any final thoughts you wanted to say? Um, before we, we return in 2024? Well, obviously, thank you for listening. Uh, we have a lot of other podcasts. Um, if you like us, then certainly please listen to Dark Discussions or try listening to the Westworld podcast or listening to our old Game of Thrones podcast. Maybe if you're new Game of Thrones listeners, you, you, you're going to have to fast forward through the first three seasons because we weren't recording then. But just start with season four because that's when we were podcasting on, on Game of Thrones. Um, and there's other shows with She-Hulk and and then all the other crappy shows that have come out we've done. We haven't done a lot of shows other than Game of Thrones. Right. Well, we did um, Bullets, Brothels, and Bots, a Westworld podcast. A yeah, we did both. We have Bullets, Brothels, and Bots, a Westworld podcast. We've done all four seasons of that. Um, no word on a fifth season, I don't think. Um, but And if you don't like uh, and that's us specifically, but the Dark Discussions News Network has a lot of other podcasts, I think, still associated with us. Um, so try one of those out. Um, they're certainly going to appreciate the listeners and you may like what they have to say. Um, we're not making any money off of it, so we're not losing anything. If you try somebody else out and decide to stick with them. All right. Very good. So, um, that's pretty much it. Uh, we're done. Is my mic, is my mic ah, back now? Oh, back Barrett's now. back. So Barrett, I've been here the whole time. <laughs> Barrett, why don't, why don't you give us a... Uh, uh, what last anything you want to leave the listeners with before we disappear until 2024, at least for this podcast? I just want to say thanks for joining us for this whole season. And we're really looking forward to when the next season comes back. And there will be a lot of stuff on the Darks Discussions Network for you to listen to in the meantime. Indeed, indeed. All right. So uh, that's pretty much it. So we're, we're going to wrap up uh, Decimation of Dragons. House of the Dragon and Game of Thrones podcast. Uh, and so with all that, Mike, why don't you leave this out?
Well, thank you once again for listening to Decimation of Dragons, a House of the Dragons, uh, sorry, a Game of Thrones podcast. Um, a, a house, wait, hold on. I'm getting confused now. Thank you for listening to Decimation of Dragons, a House of the Dragons podcast as a spinoff of Game of Thrones. Uh, I'd say tune in next week, but you'll be waiting for a while until apparently 2024 when season two finally arrives. And hopefully by the time this is all over, uh, the actors will not yet be on Social Security, um, nor will the hosts, although that might not be the case. Uh, but yeah, thank you very much for the for, uh taking this journey with us, um, and we look forward to hearing from you soon.